everyone and welcome to the cinema <laughs> that's right i'm ashley and i'm joined as always by your friend and mine molly hey hi it's me molly we got luke with us who do you think that is there uh i got i, I don't know who is i'm that? pointing accusatorily at ashley uh-oh uh-oh that's evil ashley oh shit <laughs> but that scene takes place before they swapped how could that be how could that be <laughs> is it future or is it past? Nobody knows. Nobody anyway, knows. this is uh, Totally Your Prize was always cool. Fuck yeah, it is. And we have arrived to the point that we are firewalking. We're firewalking, baby! We're walking on fire right now. I'm walking on fire. Oh, that's a no. way happier song than what we can do here. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that would be illegal. The thought did cross my heart like... Boy, I'm excited to talk about the film Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me by David Lynch. But boy, do we have to sure try to crack some goofs about this one somehow. <laughs> Nobody knows how. Nobody knows how we'll do it. But the most upsetting movie ever made. <laughs> Quite possibly. One of the most. Yeah, it's up there. Like, well, yeah, what, while you were watching, you were like, this is just a two and a half hour panic attack. And yeah. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> it, it it is on the same level of panic attack as like, uh, uncut gems. But like, part of uncut gems is like that this guy is making it harder for himself. Right, that's like this he's bringing just... it on himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. Laura Palmer has nowhere to go. Right. Ugh. She she cannot go home again because home is the worst place for her. Yes, unfortunately, and when she tries she to must. go other places. Somehow she ends up back at home. They usually just call her. And well, she's yeah. like, oh, yeah, I am 17. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, damn. Man. Man. Uh, anyway, Luke, did you do anything else this week? Uh, they put out that Cuphead DLC, finally. Oh, did they? Yeah. I, did yeah, I, yeah. I heard literally no one talk about this. Yeah, it kind of just, like, squeaked out there. Okay. I, I, I've seen, like, some of the VTubers and YouTubers I watch have put out stuff about it, and I've seen a lot of it on TikTok. Mm. Uh, yeah, I feel like that's a good sign of how long it took that to come out, because I don't think TikTok was really, uh, con- going concerned no. when Cuphead first released. And they've been, like, teasing this since Cuphead came out, basically. Um, well, we're yeah, not, from- like, hand-drawing a bunch of incredibly detailed <laughs> animations takes a long time. I was about to say. <laughs> yeah. Cuphead came out in 2017? Yeah. Five oh. years ago. Came out the same year as Twin Peaks Season 3. That Twin Peaks seems... Season 3 happened before Cuphead. Yeah, yeah. That both seems, like, older than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. 
and also more recent than I thought it would be. Yeah, I am at a place now where, like, if you tell me that, like, 2007 was 15 years ago, I'm like, yeah, that sounds about right. But if you tell me that 2017 was five years ago, I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? What are you no, it wasn't. talking about? No, it wasn't. <laughs> I, I, I told Molly this, but I had a uh, recent uh, thing where uh, I was talking about Twin Peaks, actually, uh-huh. to someone and having seen Firewalk with me. And they were like, like oh, like there's a coworker, and they're like, oh, is it a new movie? I'm like, no, it's from the 90s. It's based on like a TV show from then. And they were like, oh, yeah, I've really enjoyed, uh, like, watching a lot of 90s stuff. It's cool to see stuff from before I was born. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we are fully... Listen, someone born after 9-11 is now a legal adult in some cases. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, uh, listen, time yeah. doesn't stop ever. Are we the boomers? Nope. Etc. We're getting there, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, I don't know, Cuphead is still Cuphead. If you like really hard fucking bullet hell shit with really good animation, they made more of it. Cool. Yeah. There's like a, there's like a horse, or I guess it's a cow, it's in like a old-timey saloon. There's like a, like an army dog lady in like a dog mecha airship that you fight. That's alright. Sick. That sounds like Cuphead shit. Yeah, yeah. So they added, um, I didn't count, I would guess six more stages, and they also added another playable character who controls a little differently. Um, so that's that's fun. I think they added a couple other weapons, but it's been so long since I've played it that I wasn't sure whether that was a new weapon or I just didn't remember. Yeah. Because uh, they also just started a new file on that game. Because like, well, this stuff is gonna be like geared towards the end game. Yeah, probably, it's gonna so be I hard need to, to figure out. I need to warm up, and oh boy, my skills have atrophied in the past five years. I I picked Cuphead up on like in some sort of like pack or something. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll try this out for a bit, and then I was like played the first level, I'm like, I'm gonna just delete this now. Yeah, I, I uh, cannot imagine so, a game you are less geared toward than Cuphead, Ashley. I yeah. haven't played it, but man. Chelsea was watching me play some of it, and just, you know, um, it, she was kind of hooked by the look of it and wanted to give it a try. I'm like, okay, let's well, got co-op. Why don't we try that? Yeah. And e- even that, like, I think she very accurately said, like, okay, you get a tutorial that shows you how to play, and then, like, you just get shoved into the deepest end of the pool instantly. I was going to say 15 zero feet. There you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Say, okay, okay, you know how to shoot. You know how to move. Okay, here is uh, an enemy that'd be, like, three quarters of the way through a normal game. <laughs> Lord. Uh, yeah. yeah, but, you know, had a good time with it. Um, I was yeah. glad to go back to it. I might mess around with it a little more still, try and... Uh, I had gotten, like, all S ranks on the original Cuphead. And boy, that seems beyond me at this moment. I could get it back, though. You could. I could. Will I? Who can say? Who can say? I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know anything about Cuphead. I haven't played Cuphead. I'm not going to play Cuphead. No, no. Um, Yeah, but honestly, yeah, I haven't done a whole lot other than that. I had to watch... Uh, one whole long movie and then a whole supplement to the movie that was also long. Yeah, I guess that's not long minutes. by itself. It's 90 minutes, yeah. But, you know. No, that's long. That's a movie. Well, sure, yeah. I'm just saying it's not long by movie standards. It's a whole movie. Sure, yes. I agree it's a whole movie. 
<laughs> Let the record show I have not disputed this fact. Yeah, that's true. Uh, okay, great. Uh, Ashley. Hello. Uh, I have... I also watched the movie and then another movie. Uh, but also... I, uh, have been playing a lot of the game Generation Zero. Oh, what's that all about? So... Are you familiar at all with the works of Simon Stallenhog? I don't know the name. He does, like, a lot of artwork of, like, kind of 80s-inspired, like, forest landscapes with, like, weird robots and shit. Oh, okay, yes, I have seen these. Yes. So this game just kind of ripped him off. I see. Yes. Uh, To the point where he was like, hey, I don't mind, just... Like, make sure people know that I'm not involved. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it takes place in, like, a uh, militarized 80 Sweden. Mm-hmm. Uh, that... The worst kind of Sweden there is. Oh, yes. You hate it. Uh, and you... Uh... And your friends, if you're playing co-op, because, like, you have up to four players, uh, crash on a, like, uh, get their boat blown up and end up washed up on shore. And when you awake, you find out that robots have attacked and uh, t- partly taken over the uh, the country. Mm-hmm. And you gotta go fight them. Okay. Obviously. Uh, and it's... It's been in early access for a while, and it, it, it got out of early access. I'd played a bit of it before, and it, like, just kind of got, like, way too hard, way too quick. Mm-hmm. But uh, now it's they've done better with that, especially with, like, measuring it against, like, how many people are actually playing. Uh-huh. Uh, and also, like, they just, you know, made the weapons and, like, all, the, all that stuff feel better. Uh, and... You know, I've had some, like, kind of hills to get over, but I eventually got over them. And uh, I've been having a pretty fun time. It's, again, not... I got it on Gay Pass. I don't know if I would... I have paid for it before, so I guess, yeah. Sure. <laughs> uh, I paid for it on PC, which also, it, wa- yeah. it really, really wanted it to be the highest resolution possible. Yeah. Uh, but I don't really need that. No. Right. Who does? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, you just fight, uh, and they're, they're very much, like, not humanoid robots, uh, like, the kind of main enemy are very much, like, based on the, like, the, the Boston Dynamics dog. Uh-huh. Uh, and then, like, everything above that looks like, almost like, bulkier AT-ATs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was having a real hard time defeating one of those but then i found kind of like a what i kind of realized was a tutorial area for it uh where it's like all right there's like you're in obsidian there's nothing else in the city except this one enemy you can like and there's buildings you can go under like into the basement of to like hide out you can Mm. have like you know go on the top of buildings to like get shots in from there uh, and that just all felt good. And then also because I just played a bunch of Sniper Elite, uh, I did. I'm pretty good at sniping in it. Nice. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I also watched uh, The Pirate, which I had mentioned, I think, last time that I was going to watch. Uh, which... It's a musical starring uh, Gene Kelly and Judy Garland, uh, and it's just kind of a, a, a good fun time. Mm-hmm. They sing, they dance, they pirate. Nice. Love to hear it. Yeah. Uh, other than that, nothing much really. Okay. Molly, what have you been doing? Uh, I've been playing Monster Hunter. You have? Play a That's lot true. of Monster Hunter. I've heard this about you. They they put out an expansion, uh, and I pulled out my Nintendo Switch for the first time in 600 years to play a video game on the Nintendo Switch. <laughs> Despite the fact that I just <laughs> bought Monster Hunter on PC like months ago. Right, but you've decided you don't want the grind. I just of... don't want to regrind it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Maybe if I like. So, when I get home from work, Pris is ready to play video games. I would have to message people on PC to play video games. Sure. So, it's just easier to just grab the Switch Uh and just uh do that. So, you know, I've been doing that. How's the hunting? It's good. It's fun. Uh, You you hunt more monsters. They they just keep putting new guys in it. Great. I love new guys. I love new guys. Yeah. Who doesn't? (laughs) Everyone loves new armor and new swords. And axes, various things. <laughs> things of you that know. nature. Yeah, things of that nature. Uh, and yeah, I don't know. It's a good time. It's more Monster Hunter. Like, it. Nothing special going on there. It is what <laughs> sure. it says it is. Yeah, yeah. Has not. Not a series that you expect to do a lot of different things. Not a lot of innovation here. <laughs> they got one flavor, and if you want that flavor, ooh, buddy, have I got buddy. good news. Got it, yeah, it just was you. like. A weird thing where, like, Monster Hunter World, it suddenly, like, everyone realized it was their flavor. <laughs> right, yeah, because they made the graphics good. Well, they made it, yeah. Well, also, the other thing is, like, it's not on a fucking handheld that well, plays yeah, that's like the main, shit. Yeah, yeah, because I played a little of fucking, whatever the 3DS one was, I was like, I could see this being good if I had a second analog stick. <laughs> but until it's, then, farewell. It's really bad. Yeah. Uh, cannot imagine trying to play one of these games on, like, the 3DS. That's a nightmare to me. I cannot... Yeah, I mean, like, Monster Hunter got huge on the PSP. Yeah, I, I guess I could imagine it on the PSP. Did it... No, PSP didn't have a second analog, did it? No, it just had one. Yeah, and even that was just a little shifty guy, right? Yeah, it, it was like a laptop nub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it's not the worst. Like, it could, it could be worse, but yeah, I... Yeah, anyway. Yeah. Um, Monster Hunter... Monster hunt more monsters. I love that Um, for you. I yeah, I love that for me too. And then I watch Mission Impossible. uh, Yeah, (laughs) Mission Impossible 1996 to fucking cinema. (laughs) What? I'm glad you've discovered films. Yeah, I watched a film. (laughs) Yeah, you you realize that maybe movies are good sometimes. Sometimes, yeah, but it takes a lot to get me there. Now and then. Yeah, I did share. I did share with her my movies Molly might like playlist. Yeah, yeah you which had did a include a Mission Impossible. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Had the is that the most recent one? No, that's the uh, Ghost Protocol. Yeah, uh, which is the one where he climbs a skyscraper in real life. 
<sighs> I just think he's showing off. I just don't think it's that interesting to do those things. <laughs> I, you know, I I have the honest thought that he just does not care what happens with his yeah, life Yeah, I think anymore. he's just ready to die. Like if I, like if he goes doing this, that's how it goes. Yeah, like he's kind of you know doesn't really have a much of a family left. See, my doesn't armchair psychology interpretation is the opposite, which is that. He's getting older and is desperately afraid of death and is trying to conquer it in more and more outlandish ways. Oh, maybe. Well, I'm sure that we're the right people to talk about this. Yeah! <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Um, great fucking movie. Let me tell yeah. you, Mission, yeah. Mission Impossible number one? Holy shit. Have you seen that, Luke? I have never seen a Mission Impossible. Oh, you should watch Mission Impossible. You should Impossible. watch those. Fuck okay. <laughs> If you just want some good ass action, yeah, 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 it's pretty good. It's okay. pretty good. Uh, pretty tense at times, honestly. Yeah, mm. I I talked to you about the the elevator thing. The elevator thing was fucked up. Uh, and uh, what was the other thing that was like the, the everybody knows that sequence where he like repels down. That. I was like, when I watched that movie for the first time, it's like, oh, this is why everyone parodied it. Because it yes, fucking because rules. Because it fucking rules. Because <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Tom Cruise is in that movie. Yeah. He's, just, uh, it, you know. He's, it definitely is also one of the things where it's like, oh, I also get Tom Cruise. Like, yeah. Like, oh, he's right. got all of the charisma ever. Okay. Got it. Understood. It's 1996, and movie stars are real. It's just very weird to think about how the same guy who did Phantom of the Paradise (laughs) did that. The fuck is Phantom of the Paradise? I don't even care, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The weirdo art musical that me and Rachel like and Daft Punk like. Oh, okay, sure. (laughs) Um... Anyway, fuck all that. Uh, I also watched Firewalk with me. We also watched a little film called Twin Peaks Firewalk with me. Maybe you've heard of it. Perhaps. Came out in 1992, about a year after the show went off the air, I think. Yeah, I truly did not know anything about... (laughs) Like, all I knew about this is stuff that we have talked about on this podcast. Uh Like. Oh, it, it's like a week before. Or yeah, like yeah, I thought, yeah, I thought it was yeah. like the last like day before she died. So oh, sure. Even yeah. getting more of that, I was like, yeesh. Yeah, I think like I'm looking at some of the posters because I want to look up the poster for it. And it looks like in a lot of countries it got marketed as like the last seven days of Laura Palmer. Yeah, that's what it got marketed to Japan, which of course it did extremely well. As opposed to in America where it flopped as hard as a movie can flop. I would like it, to pick a bone with every critic who watched this movie. Uh, it didn't. It didn't pull a black hat. Uh, I mean, how much did Black Hat make? I think it did worse. Maybe uh, not adjusted for inflation, and I, maybe not adjusted to the like budget. Sure. Uh, I'm just looking up because I, I know it didn't make its money back, and I don't think it was I, that yes. expensive of a movie. What it the had fuck a budget is... of ten million dollars and a box office gross of four point two million dollars. What the fuck is Black Hat? Uh, what are you talking about? Uh, it's the last Michael Mann movie. It, yeah. uh, it cost $70,000 and ended up making eight, uh, no, $70 million and ended up making $8 million. 
Yeah. So, okay, proportionately better than yeah. Black Hat, but still made less than half of its very small budget back. Yeah. <laughs> Not good. People didn't like this movie when it came out. Um, it premiered at the Cannes Film Festival where it got booed. I think um, the thing about people who watch movies is they don't know anything. <laughs> it, I like was reading some of that like you know canned reaction stuff. Yeah, and I'm not really sure what people expect. Yeah, like, yeah. I I guess it's just me like not really realizing that people were like no like let, we're just gonna go back to like the normal Twin Peaks right oh you're making a Twin Peaks movie great I love Agent Cooper and Lucy and all the coffee and donuts that's so much fun yeah I, I just want like I'm sure that there will be no David Lynch weirdness the thing that he is most commonly known for or if there is I'm sure it'll be like when he did a little bit of it in Twin Peaks and it kind of gave it a little bit of spice it's not gonna be like eating three jalapenos in a row I just don't, I just don't understand, like, what you wanted from this. Yeah. Well, so it was I, a combination, I know, yeah, go ahead. I know people wanted, like, resolution for what happens at the end of season two, right? Obviously. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I think a lot of people just wanted a return to form, here's Twin Peaks, here's all of your fun Twin Peaks buddies, and, like, the people that were still, like, in on Twin Peaks and liked it even when it ended wanted, like, okay, what the fuck happened with, with Cooper? He got, he got norted. What happened? And this yeah. movie has no interest in answering that question. Why should it? Why yeah. should it? And also, like, if if this movie is marketed, these are the last seven days of Laura Palmer. Yeah. What are you doing here? Like, what, yeah. <laughs> why are you mad about this? <laughs> it was not sold as here's what's up with Coop. I just fucking love that. Like, as, when the missing pieces came out, they said, like, you know, oh, it's got all this extra stuff. It'll have stuff set after the end of Twin Peaks Season 2 as a way to, like, get people to buy the, like, new special edition of Firewalk with me or whatever. And that's oh, true. Oh, that poster shreds. No, let me see this, which <laughs> poster. Yeah, this is this shit. So, yeah, that's a fan poster, but it's a very good yes. fan poster. Uh, it fucking rules. Yeah, it's just like a bunch of paintings of... It's like a collage of different scenes from the movie. It's great. Um, but yeah, no, I just love that. Yeah, there's about ten seconds. They basically just showed you the rest of what happened in the bathroom at the end of season two. They left the camera on. Yeah, it feels like it's stuff that got cut from the end of season two and not filmed for the I, movie. Was it filmed for the movie? I think it was, but it you sh- you'd be forgiven for thinking otherwise. I don't know why they would. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess I understand, like, the idea, like, I don't know why they would do that. Well, you know, yeah. you're here anyway. Fuck it. Right, um, right. The other, the other thing is, like, why was Ed and Norma stuff filmed for this movie? That's that makes a no great question. Any sense. Like, Listen, it's, I love it's Ed nice. and Norma, but they just have no place in this movie. Yeah, it's nice, but they don't know Laura. <laughs> I mean, like, she's it, at the Meals yeah. on Wheels, and that's it. It feels like they approached this like, what if it was, like, a two-and-a-half-hour episode of Twin Peaks, and then when they got to the editing room, they're like... This makes no sense. We gotta cut this down. Yeah, this has to be a movie. Yeah. Um, the missing pieces stuff, too, like, there was a fucking... Like, there were some test screenings with a, like, four-hour cut of the movie that mostly it was, like, all the stuff from the missing pieces in it. So a lot of that stuff was, like, passed down and, like, Usenet legend about, like, no, guys, there were all these scenes that weren't in the final movie. I saw it at a test screening one time. Yeah. Like, Cooper gets yeah. up from the bathroom floor. Oh my gosh, you missed out! Uh, I, like, 
honestly, watching the missing pieces, I was just like, oh, this is all just stuff, like, cut from, uh, like, the... Like, cut from the entirety of Twin Peaks. Like, obviously yeah. more of a focus on, like, you know, Firewalk With Me. Right. But this all just seems like stuff from general Twin Peaks. Also, I did watch all of the trailers that are on the Criterion version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Including a uh, Missing Pieces trailer. Uh-huh. Where yeah, tell it, me about that. I didn't see it. Uh, it's just, like, a lot of, like, you know, clips from, uh, like... You know the all of those scenes, like yeah. like the the most kind of interesting ones, right? Uh, and like you know, you don't know the whole story. Find the missing pieces. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm surprised that the tr- the main trailer for this movie is actually pretty good and kind of has the right vibe because I definitely thought like you've seen her dead and wrapped in plastic, but now you'll see Laura Palmer like you never have before. Like that's kind of the vibe I was expecting, and it's not. It's just creepy music over like quiet shots from the movie. Well, this is a horror movie, so... Yes. Right, I'm just surprised they didn't market it Yeah, they it didn't market way. it the other way. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But it does end on for a Tumblr URL that you can go to. <laughs> and I was like, yeah! I didn't realize that The Missing Pieces was from, like, 2014. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was from, like, when they were just starting to, like... That was, I think it was partially them putting the feelers out to see how much Twin Peaks enthusiasm there was for yeah. the revival. Uh, yeah, like, almost every scene of The Missing Pieces, you get about 30 seconds into it, you're like, oh yeah, I get why this was cut. Uh-huh, yeah, this, uh, this yeah. is a dumb scene. Yeah, uh, anyway, I did also link the, uh, the Ghana poster of Twin Peaks Firewalk Yeah, a lot me. happening here. Oh, <laughs> let me check this out. If you're familiar with Ghana posters... I'm not. I'm not. Oh, wow. Uh, huh. They're all handmade and not really anything related to... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> They've uh, they've given Agent Chet Desmond an Uzi <laughs> and a beard. Uh, yeah, why did they do that? Also, they gave uh, Harry Dean Stanton a bloody axe, which you know what? He should have one of those. Uh, he probably does. There also <laughs> is a uh, Twin Peaks, uh, like just regular poster, which doesn't have the man from the other place riding a horse with an AK. <laughs> Great. Uh, Donna and a twin Donna in towels, and then the log lady, but she's holding a demon log. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Great. Good. Wonderful. Um, yeah. The other thing I'll say about the missing pieces, I don't think any of the scenes are bad, per no, se. No, no, They no. just don't belong yeah. here. They just yeah, don't yeah, need like, to be here. Like, yeah, I, I'm interested to think what is the one scene that you thought should be in it, Luke, or uh, like Do- that was like worth it. Doc Hayward. Yes. Yeah, Doc, okay. the Doc Hayward scene could could hang. Like giving the a giving you that moment to like breathe in a movie that's very intense is nice, and like also giving Laura a moment to breathe when like she just goes from one existential nightmare to another, and like you just instantly understand how like the Hayward family helped. Like Laura has survived to this age because of the Haywards, and you immediately get that. And like here's a place where she has like genuine warmth and care. But then you also undercut it with a phone call from her dad that just instantly sucks all of that, like, happiness out of the room. Yeah. Yeah. Like, all the stuff with, like, Doc Haywood going, like, why do I, you know, not let smoke in my house except for you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, because you love me? And he's like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. I do. It's very sweet. Yeah, it's, it's ve- good. It's, yeah, it is. 
A lot of times in this movie, you could get the feeling that Laura's life is nothing but misery. Yeah, yeah. And so that is definitely, yeah. And also it, it seeds the angel thing, which... Yeah, it I, definitely does more seeding for the angel thing. For sure got while, like, watching the movie, but it yeah. really helps it. <laughs> it. It adds another punch to that beat, yeah. Uh, here's a fun thing. The angel stuff, not in the script at all. What? N- None of the lines referring to angels, none of the shots of angels, the angel disappearing from the photo, none of that is in the script. What? Uh, what happened was they were uh, working on filming the murder scene at the end of the movie, and Cheryl Lee came to David Lynch and said, like, hey, man, I get this is a movie about me getting murdered, but this thing's too much of a fucking bummer, and you need to put, like, some kind of glimmer of, like, hope into this because otherwise it just feels like misery for the sake of misery yeah and yeah. that was what he came up with and she was she thought that was good and david lynch was like well i'm in the business of misery <laughs> sure yeah, yeah let's take it from the top uh i did also watch a uh interview uh with uh cheryl lee uh mm. like much much later like yeah. in like the run-up to the return yeah uh, about Firewalk with me, and it was extremely nice. Also, partly just because, like, it's clear that she holds no ill will towards this. Uh-huh. A lot of people who have their like biggest success in acting yeah. or in anything art form very early on can yeah. kind of get that, even if they are proud of it. I bear ill will on her behalf. She should be a superstar. Yes. But she is just, like, so happy that, like, so many people were uh, affected by it and, like, love her work in there. And also, I she says a quote where she was like, I was in that character so much and, like, had to, to play that role. Uh, that, like, two weeks after we finished Firewalk with me filming... I was in, like, the grocery store, and I realized I only had my own thoughts in my head. Yeah, like, I was amazed because I was thinking my thoughts and not Laura's thoughts for the first time in a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, She also has a quote from some other interview where she says, um, like, she had to go to a doctor who explained to her that basically she traumatized herself making this movie. She's like, your brain understands that you're acting, but you're still releasing, like panic hormones in your body and that's gonna have the same physiological effect as if you were actually having like a horrible experience uh yeah yeah. she really like you also found a lot of quotes from people that like worked on the movie like yeah she kind of really went for it in a way that man wow it's it's one of the things that it's probably not healthy overall yeah, probably but, someone should have stepped in and told her to take it down a notch for her own mental health. But, like, also at a certain point, you're not going to be able to stop someone who is genuinely, like, thinking about, like, how, like, the art that they can make. Yeah, yeah. And also, it's 1991. Nobody's talking about mental yeah. health. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's a pretty incredible performance, honestly. It, it is... Yeah, I was, like, thinking earlier, I was like, I did never thought of Twin Peaks as, like, an actor show. No, not at all. I mean, I like, like, Mike is fun, but he's just doing, like, Shakespearean monologues. It's not really I, the same thing. I mean, thing. even before, like, watching it. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Like, it was like, oh, yeah, like, it's all about, like, the, like, the weird, like, the weird stuff and, like, the, right. the filmmaking. Like, yeah, the yeah, acting, yeah. Like, the actors are, like, you know, 
just like props as part of that. And like, right. that's definitely not the case. Like Kyle McLaughlin, you know, yeah. a larger part of why that show works is him. And yeah, this one is, it's all about, uh, I feel so bad because I keep on forgetting her name, even though I love her Cheryl now. Cheryl Lee. Cheryl, this is all about Cheryl Lee and Ray Wise. They are both fucking amazing in this they movie. They are bringing the heat. Ray Wise is the scariest man who's ever fucking lived. <laughs> He's so scary. The scene near the end where she tells him to stay away from her and like he goes from like happy dad face and all he does is like rotate his head down like 10 degrees so he's yeah. like glaring and it's so scary. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's like when I'm like truly like taken aback about like acting <laughs> yeah where i'm like oh like you could just turn this on like you could just become the scariest person on earth if you yeah. want to yeah 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 it's like the <laughs> it's not the same vibe but it's the same kind of thing of when people share that one clip of uh like clark kent standing up straight to become superman from the old superman movie yeah right uh, i'm just like oh okay that's what acting is now i get it <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, I I think a big part of why this movie landed so badly with people, honestly, I think a lot of it has to do with the fucking David Bowie sequence, which I adore, so they're wrong. But I get it in the sense that, like, it's very confusing, and it's very loud, and, like, it's very, like, weird and kind of upsetting, but not in a direct way, and it just kind of, like, overloads you a little bit. And if you see that and you react like, ugh, nope, none of this that I think you kind of lose emotional investment in the movie, and you kind of get something that we talked about with, like, Grace Zabriskie crying really hard, like, way back in the first episode, where, like, she's going so big on it that even though that's a realistic way to react, people don't, like, they kind of, like, yeesh, they kind of shirk away from it in a way that, like, isn't really fair. I think I think a lot of people think Cheryl Lee's a bad actor in this movie, and they're wrong. <laughs> God, I could not... I cannot fathom thinking Shirley's a I bad would, actor. I would fight the yeah. person who says this. Yeah. You you would have... Yeah. You, I'll, I'll fight give you a my, lot of people. I'll give you my dad's address. Please. <laughs> I've been asking for years. Yeah, just one more reason yeah. on the pile. Although I 100% get if you, yeah. you have not seen any Twin Peaks. Well, yeah. Why, yeah. So, just to yes. circle back to that, yeah. I was like, oh, I haven't seen Twin Peaks. That seems like something I'd like. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, you totally should. I love that show. Uh, it started with a movie, though. Let's find it. And he pulled up Firewalk with me. And I was like, are you sure this is that? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. This started as a movie first. I'm like, okay. And then we're watching it. I'm like, this doesn't seem right. This doesn't seem how you would start a TV show. Let me just go. Oh, this definitely says it was made after the TV show. I guess we're in this now, though. Yeah, I guess you're and, in it. Uh, yeah, I so the first time I saw this movie, it was like 3 p.m. I was with my dad, who was like really gassed up to see the pilot of Twin Peaks, which he thought was what he was putting on. And it's just not that at all. So he was immediately like, uh, okay, I guess I didn't remember it starting this way, but it'll get good eventually, don't worry. And I think having him there, like half heckling and half being annoyed by the movie just kind of pulled me out of it in a way I'm like, oh, this isn't, this isn't very good. Yeah. Um, we watched through the whole thing though. And like, I kind of came away from it saying that movie sort of sucked, but maybe I'll like that show still. 
Uh, because I'm being assured it's nothing like the TV show. But for me, like, the David Bowie bit and, like, the dinner scene and the fucking uh, dream sequence in, like, the creepy room in the painting was all enough um, that, like, I just kept thinking about this movie. And, like, I watched it again and I still didn't like it. And then I watched yeah. it a third time. I'm like, okay, now I get it. <laughs> you can go back to the totally reprised days and find an episode where I talk, where I say the stupidest fucking nonsense about how this movie's not very good. Uh, yeah, I don't remember that at all. So you're forgetting. Uh, I think what I said is it's not bad, but like it could have just been an episode of the TV show. It didn't need to be a whole movie. You could have done one <laughs> episode that was just like flashback to Laura and then move on. Like, fuck, I want to headbutt myself. And that's impossible. Uh, eh, don't worry, you're we good. Grow. We grow. <laughs> we grow. We <laughs> grow. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know how you like start this movie and then see uh, David Lynch on the screen and they'll go, oh, no, 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 this isn't it. That's not it. <laughs> right. He just hadn't seen the show in a long time and assumed he forgot yeah. and started this way. Yeah. He was no. like, any minute now, though, it's going to cut to Agent Cooper driving into Twin Peaks. <laughs> God. Uh, which we were talking before we started. HBO Max does the description they have for this movie is the description of the pilot, so and that funny. makes me wonder if HBO has always had that description for this movie, and that's what confused my dad. Right, but your dad isn't pulling this up on HBO uh, HBO Max in twenty. No, but I'm saying he would have pulled it up on HBO, and maybe they had the same. Like it's just old copy. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I forgot. I forgot things happened before streaming services for a minute. Right. I'm talking about the original home box office, baby. Yeah, well, could be, could be the, could be they done tricked him. Could be they done tricked him. Uh, the Criterion one is much better, uh, yeah. which is just and the t- uh, like the before it gets into all of the like history and all that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just in the town of Twin Peaks, everyone has their secrets, but no more than Laura Palmer. Yeah, it's funny. I went to see this movie at the Alamo Draft House back when we were uh, in like January or February. And uh, their description on the website was also, like, they clearly are being more positive about it, but they're trying to spin it as, like, no, it is weird and fucked up and makes no sense, but that's why it's fun, man. And they're like, oh, you know, audiences weren't ready for this coke-fueled nightmare by David Lynch, but it's as, it's as compelling as it is crazy. <laughs> you know, that's how they're trying to sell it. I guess. Yeah, criter- Criterion ends with calling it his most humane film. That might, yeah, that's probably true. Uh, I haven't seen all of his movies, but of the ones I've watched, that's that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I guess do we want to talk about the movie? Yeah, I guess we can actually talk about the fucking movie now. Let's talk about the yeah. fucking movie now. We're going to be here until two in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Please, like, no, I'm already like, sleep bef- deprived. <laughs> yeah. Before we started, Molly was like, I need to work tomorrow. We need to get going. Yeah. Huh? Well... Unfortunately, we will be here for another five hours. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, we, we have to talk about static. We open on television static as we get just a slow, uh, deliberate opening credit sequence. I love this fucking song. The yeah, the TV I, static and the song together just immediately set such a fucking mood. I I hooted and hollered when I saw. I I looked away apparently when David Bowie's name showed up. Uh huh. But I hooted and hollered when Harry Dean Stanton's name showed up. Oh, yeah, you know you're in for at least a minimum of one great scene when you see Harry Dean Stanton's name in the credits. Yeah, I, I, yeah, again, I was like, Mom was like, who the fuck is Harry Dean? Like, yeah, who the fuck a- are you talking about? And then about 20 minutes later, you met Carl, and you're like, oh, I get it now. 
Well, she had already watched it. No, I did it. it the opposite way. Oh, okay, okay. No. I did the opposite way where I'm like, damn, this Carl guy's great. And then right, actually yeah, yeah. it's like, oh, wow, Harry Dean Stanton is in this movie. And I'm like, fucking who? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's just a classic that guy. There are a lot of uh, big surprises in these opening credits. Because yeah, you get Harry Dean Stanton, you get David Bowie is in Twin Peaks. Okay. Kiefer Sutherland, huh? He's I in saw, here? It's <laughs> like Kiefer Sutherland. I was like, what the fuck? Chris Isaac? I have to, okay, sure. Isn't he a musician now? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> whatever you say. <laughs> uh, and yeah, we just very slowly zoom out of uh, the TV until we are seeing the whole TV screen and it just gets smashed and you hear a woman screaming. And that's yeah. that's how we enter into the mystery of Teresa Banks. Hey, remember her? No, I, do. I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> I, I took I me a did, minute, but yeah, you this again something I did not expect. You get a lot of t- you get more Teresa Banks than I ever thought we would ever get. There's like thirty minutes of investigating Teresa Banks before we get to the main bulk of the movie, and also like a lot about her whole like deal and like Laura's involvement with her. Yeah, which makes sense. You kind of have to explain that because it doesn't make a ton of sense that Leland would be. That a Leland would have killed that somebody way. else somewhere else. Yeah. Right. Right. Yes. And I think this movie justifies it really well. But yeah, that question's just kind of left unaddressed in the, the TV show. Yeah, uh, I kind of didn't think about it, or I kind of thought that like I don't know, did Bob travel or something like that? Right. They just kind of hand wave it. Yeah. But no, yeah, it's, they, it's they... a thing that doesn't matter. Right. Ultimately. Except this movie's like, what if it does matter? Yeah. And it's a rare example of that kind of working. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel like this movie mostly avoids weird prequel problems. We're like, oh, this thing, let's tell you the story about how it became to be that thing, and, like, I don't care, you made it dumber. Right, because Mark Frost did not write this movie. Yeah, Mark <laughs> Frost uh, had no involvement in this movie. I think I think him and David Lynch were just kind of like, eh, listen, uh, yeah. we're still friends, I guess, but, like, we we need a break. People were pointing out to me that, like, we started this podcast, like, all right, we want to... Mark Frost is just as vital to this as Right, and I think he is, but I think that if I have to have Mark Frost unchained or David Lynch unchained, one of those is a lot better than the other. Yeah, I'm taking Lynch every time. Sorry. Sorry, Mark. Mark, you want the secret history of Twin Peaks? David Lynch went and made Fire Walk with me, so I think if we put them on the scales... Yep. <laughs> we will find that one is much better than the other, even just based on cursory knowledge of the secret history, which we will not be discussing. I'm probably going to curse you more knowledge of it now and then. I'm sure you will, but I'm saying we're not doing like an episode on it or something, because yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm not reading that. No, that's, yeah, I've thought about pitching that, and I'm like, no. 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 I don't also, know if uh, we all me. read it or I read it and do a book report for you to boo and hiss at, but even that, no. <laughs> no, it's not that fun. I, here's the thing. I tried reading the book and got about five pages in before I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. That's like, who cares? Who cares? The, the, you gotta understand, the ring that's in Fire Walk with me is crucial to the history of Twin. It's Lewis and Clark discovered it from they a group of this person gave it to them because there's already white people living in Washington before Lewis and Clark got there. Because Lewis and Clark eat my whole ass. Thank you. <laughs> uh, anyway, they, op- they we really get into the chaos with this 
first scene with our two new agents. Right, yeah, we get, like, Teresa Banks wrapped up, drifting in the river, and then it smash cuts to David Lynch, Gordon Cole, yelling to get him Agent Chester Desmond. And then it cuts to what Chester Desmond's doing, which he's in an empty field with a school bus full of screaming children with some cops that are arresting two sex workers. Yeah, okay, sure. What the fuck is... I, I love how little sense this makes. Like, it just... I immediately want to know how the fuck you got into this situation, but it, like, obviously it doesn't matter who cares, but it's just such a fun scene. Uh, yeah, it's and great. yeah, he's he's getting a phone call from his uh, cop car. Uh, you get some classic Gordon Cole bit where he says, This is uh, Gordon, Cole, Cole, Gordon Cole calling from Portland, Oregon. And Chet says, uh, Okay, Gordon. And he has to correct him, Oregon! Oregon! Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, uh, yeah. He also like turns it down and like he's like Jesus. I like that he turns the volume down by lowering the antenna of the car. Yes, yeah. it's really funny. <laughs> yeah. If I make the signal worse, this might make it easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but he gets uh, Chet to fly into a small like airstrip on a little private plane uh, to meet up with uh, a forensics expert from the FBI, Sam Stanley. Uh, this is not our first time hearing about Sam, actually. Yes. He is in I, the first... Well, he's mentioned in the first episode. When, uh, Cooper finds the letter under Laura's fingernail, he talks to his, uh, cassette tape. He's like, okay, I'm gonna send you some evidence, Diane. Make sure to give it to Albert. Do not give it to Sam. Yeah. I just like that Cooper just doesn't fucking like Keith or Sutherland. Fair enough. I get it. And, yeah. and like, the scene that we get in the, the missing, you know, pieces... You definitely get the feeling that they don't vibe well with each other. Cooper is so nice to everybody, and he just has zero patience for Keith or Sutherland. Sam gets the same fucking treatment that, like, Dr. Jacoby does. Yes. It's very funny. Maybe he just hates medical, prof- uh, like, medical professionals. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Albert's a medical professional. He just... That's no, true. he's just an asshole. <laughs> professional dickhead. Everyone's just too scared to question Albert's credentials. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so uh, Chet and Sam meet, and then uh, Cole tells them that he's got a surprise for them. His uh, his cousin Lil, who is a woman in a red dress with a red wig uh, and a blue rose pinned to her shirt. And yeah, he, I was like, yeah. oh, you ba- baby, we in it. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah, immediately. Uh-huh. Yeah, David Lynch says, uh, she's my brother's sister's girl, and then does a weird hand gesture where he slams his hand over his face. Well, like, yeah. upside down. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Chet knows exactly what this means. He's like, oh, federal prison, damn. Damn. <laughs> and he's just and, watching her for a while. Yeah. Yeah, like, Sam is like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, because Lil is like, she's got one hand in her pocket, and she's spinning around in circles and clenching her other fist while she has, like, her lips puckered. Yeah. yeah, so he explains what all this means in the car Right uh, While they're driving out to this area in Washington Chet sits Sam down and says like Okay, Sam, sometimes movies has symbolism in them Let me explain a basic example to you <laughs> So that maybe when you watch the rest of this movie You consider that maybe there's symbolism happening And don't just boo the screen like everyone's yeah, maybe. gonna Yeah, I like how this first like half hour Is just a weirder episode of Mindhunter <laughs> yeah, kinda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, Maggie Mayfish, she's a pretty good YouTuber, has a good uh, video about Twin Peaks where her take is like, especially this early stuff, is sort of a riff on Silence of the Lambs. Uh, like, Dad, like, showing, like, yeah, you can kind of see, like, there's a lot of, like, it, shot for shot, like, it has the same pacing at the start. It's just different shits happening. Or, like, you know, here's how Silence of the Lambs frames the murder victim they're inspecting versus how Twin Peaks does it. That kind of thing. It's interesting. Yeah, I'm interested to watch her video, but I don't want to watch anything before we're done. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think her part one video doesn't spoil the return, but I'm not confident enough to say go for it. Yeah, I was gonna yeah, say you basically. should rewatch that before you allow anybody. Yeah, to go watch yeah, yeah. It. I, I would say yeah, abundance of caution. Don't, don't watch it. Uh, also, she frames a lot of it as an explicit refutation of the shitty four-hour video I always complain about. So I appreciate I know, that. Yes, I know this for Great. about it. Great, thank you, Queen. <laughs> Happy for you. Yes, thank you, uh, Maggie Mayfish. Yeah, I, I like how, yeah, like, uh, Sam is, like, guessing all this stuff. He's like, oh, you're good. Now I have to explain to you, of course, what this means. <laughs> right, he's like, oh, I noticed that she, her dress was tailored. There was a slightly different shade of red thread around the waist. He's like, oh, yeah, okay, you're observant. Well, that's our code for drugs. So drugs are involved. Yeah, yeah, he's like, and, oh. Oh, drugs, I, I haven't heard that before. I get it. And uh, then, yeah, yeah, he asks about the blue rose, and Chester goes, not gonna tell you that. That one I'm not allowed to tell you about, sorry. And in the missing that, pieces scene, <laughs> Sam brings up, he's like, yeah, he never did tell me what the blue rose meant, and Cooper just goes, yeah, and no, I'm not either. <laughs> That's <laughs> really the good. The blue rose is pretty cool. Uh-huh, yeah. You I, can, you can yeah. basically understand it. Right, basically, it means this that there's the, something this supernatural. This is the freak shit. Yeah, this is this the is freak, freak shit, Rose. Yeah. There's part of me that, like, if anything gets kind of prequel to see in this movie, it's that, oh no, Cooper is secretly investigating supernatural stuff the whole time, guys. It, it like, irks me a tiny bit, but also, you're right, it's cool, so I'm fine. It's but cool, also, and also, this implies that, like, Cole is after this shit specifically, which is right. weird for a guy who barely has a character beyond doesn't hear good. Right, when they were just, like... Early Twin Peaks, they're investigating a murder and, like, are worried about a guy with a gun or something, and this just doesn't feel like it fits that. But also, this movie implies that uh, time is fracturing in a weird way, so whatever, who cares? Yeah. Yeah, also, like, the way that, like, the show goes forward makes it very obvious that a lot of the government agencies are very aware of supernatural shit. Yeah, and there's also an interesting contrast when you have, like, a Mark Frost thing of, like, okay, let's sit down and talk about Project Blue Book. It was a real thing right, where the Air Blue Force investigated aliens. Project Blue Rose or whatever. Right, well, as opposed to David Lynch's thing where he's like, no, 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 uh, they wear a blue rose sometimes and that means something, but I won't tell you what. Like, <laughs> Gotta figure it out yourself. Like, come on, dude. Like, the Mark Frost version of writing about the Blue Rose would be insufferable, you know? Yes. Yes. Uh, and it is insufferable in Twin Peaks of Secret History. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Anyway. Yeah, they get to Deer Meadow, Oregon, which is, uh, yeah. It's basically like Nega Twin Peaks. Yes! This whole... I have said before, I love me a Roxas, and Deer Meadow is just the Roxas of the town of Twin Peaks. Truly. <laughs> It is just the nobody of the town we love. <laughs> yeah, where the coffee's awful. Uh-huh. Uh, the receptionist is dog shit. Yeah, and... she's mean and doesn't pay attention to anything. And, like, instead of Deputy Andy, we get fucking Deputy Cliff, who's just... He's got a New York accent for no reason, and he's just like, 
Oh, yeah, I'm a tough guy. How about you drink some of a shitty coffee, idiot? <laughs> yeah, and he, he and the receptionist think they're very funny. Everything Cliff says, the receptionist cracks up cackling at. It's very yeah, funny. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Chet's trying to deal with them while fucking Sam is just sitting in the background, like, looking at Chet and silently counting to himself. I don't know how Chet has already adopted Sam as his son uh, <laughs> in, in this scene, but he is sitting back there, like, tapping his toes, like, oh, I just gotta wait for Dad to finish up business at the police station. You're completely right. That's the exact vibe. <laughs> Hey, oh, Dad, I got check out my big machine that looks at stuff really good. Yeah, yeah, he loves this fucking microscope he's got. He used it to crack the Whitman case. Watch this finger thing I could do. Oh! <laughs> uh, so Chet just like, all right, well, enough of this bullshit. I'm going to go see the sheriff now. And uh, Cliff seems like he's about to, like, you know, get physical with him. So Chet grabs him by the nose and practically rips it off. Yeah. Uh, which, yeah. which rules. Thank you, Chet. I- Right. Chet yeah, just been whips ass. Yes. <laughs> I was saying, like, now, it's bad when, like, law enforcement does violence. Yeah. But what if law enforcement does violence on law enforcement? There you go, that's something. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, not only are we in nega Twin Peaks, Desmond is kind of a nega Cooper. He's not friendly, he's not charismatic, he's just kind of quiet and bored, and if you, like, get make him mad at all, he will hurt you. I kind of, yes and no, I kind of think he's pretty cool. Uh, I think he could be charismatic if he wasn't going to this town specifically. Maybe, like, I think the know, idea is that he has been primed to already be ready to fight these guys, right? I guess so, but you you know what I mean? Like, if Cooper were here, he would have walked in like, hello, Deputy Cliff, how are you doing? You know, that kind of thing. Whereas, well, you know, right, this but he would have like, still gotten mm. stonewalled. But, like, I think yeah. Cooper knows going into Twin Peaks that they're going to be amicable, right? Yeah, that's true, because he... <laughs> Because he talks to Cole. We, yeah. We got a... Di- Lil was in a different costume and did yeah. a different was dance for a different Cooper. outfit. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, but also, he was like... Had a thing with Drew and like, hey, just let you know, I'm taking over. And yeah, sometimes like, law enforcement's yeah, sure. got a problem with that, and uh, you better not have a fucking problem with it. Uh, but also, like, I cannot really see... I can't see Truman doing this nose thing... Oh, yeah, I can uh, see Truman grabbing someone's nose. Or uh, not uh, uh, Cooper doing it. Yeah. And he then just explaining. Do the ripping part. Right. Yeah, explaining that it was some, like, technique that he picked up overseas. Right, he would be, like, explaining it like he was doing a demonstration as he's yeah. breaking a man. He wouldn't. I couldn't see him do the fight scene that's in the missing pieces. That fight scene is. What? <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> it's funny, but what? How did that get to the point that they filmed it? It is such a stupid idea for a scene. It's really stupid, and I love it. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate watching it as a deleted scene. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad, glad that's it's not in it the movie. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, uh, Chet just like slams Cliff down into a seat, and then like looms over the receptionist and just tells her to go make him some coffee, and uh, just kind of shoves the door open to Sheriff Cable. Uh, Sheriff Cable's office, who... I also like this guy. He's just got... He's very condescending and just has no patience. He's just like, you're... He been steel. You're a real piece of shit, Chet Desmond, and I don't care for you in my this, town. This guy is um, an old evil greaser from a Stephen King book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he's got a shitty little photo on his wall of when they did a newspaper story on him bending a steel cable. 
It's just, re- it's just rebar. Come yeah, on, just re- dude. <laughs> Which, that's another thing about that fucking fight scene. He does that. I love just the gag where they look at the photo and Chet kind of looks at it like, what the fuck yeah, is like, this? And looks fu- back at it. Who cares? Yeah. Actually showing him bending the cable, though, that's putting too much, like, that's gilding the lily. Like, you did enough with just the photo and they, yeah. And then the, him uh, bending after beating him up. Right, to flex on him. And like, also I can very, do it too, yeah, stupid. I thought it was very funny, actually. It's, yeah, no, it, again, it's funny as a deleted scene and I'm glad that's how it exists. Yeah. Uh... But yeah, there, he, are, there is no sin to that scene existing because it's not in the movie. Therefore, it does not <laughs> exist. Exactly, exactly. Um, so they kind of get in a little bit of a pissing match as this guy just tries to be like, "I don't care that you're in the FBI. You're dumb shit, and this is my town." And eventually, Chet's like, "Okay, fuck you. I'm the FBI. Stop being a dick." And uh, he hands over this is like the one box of evidence they have on Teresa's uh, case. And uh, Cable is pretty much just like, yeah, I don't know, man. It was just a basic kill. No one knew her. No, yeah, no, no one knew or no one cares. So we can just kind of, you know, yeah, let this one go. Who cares? She was. She gets mentioned in like the first episode, and I think the season two premiere. Other than that, she barely comes up at all. Why are we wasting time on this, man? Because uh, Agent Chet Desmond is gonna get fucking disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is yes. a shame. So they go out to the morgue, which is basically just a barn. Yeah, yeah, this... I really just expected this body to already be decomposed. Yeah, no, it's basically in the same state they found Laura's body in. Uh, um, again, I can only think that, man, it must be really hard for this actress. Yeah, because you can definitely, if you're watching, you can see her breathing, because of course you can, because she's alive. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you get a lot of long close-ups on, like... Her dead eyes or like her mouth hanging open while they're talking about her. Yeah. Uh, and just kind of like, oh, she lived at the Fat Trout Trailer Park. We'll have to check that out. And she was a waitress at Hap's Diner. Hey, she's got like a mark around her finger. Where's her ring? Like, yeah. Where's her, her ring? Where'd her dang ring go? We got a missing ring, folks. Uh, and it wouldn't you know it, on that finger that had the missing ring... There's some kind of contusion underneath the fingernail. Uh, I, I don't have the same like fingernail problem that you do. Did not like this. They I go, close yeah. my eyes. I there is about point. There's about five seconds of this movie that I will just never see because I can't handle the scene of them ripping her fingernail off with tweezers. Uh, it's, I, it, it's it's bad. It's bad. It's, it's bad. Really bad. Uh, like, not, not like badly done. It's no, very no, 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 well no. done. Yes, it's just it's yeah. I I can't handle looking at it. It's so gross. I hate it. I cannot stand fingernails coming off. Yep, same. Uh, but yeah, there's a letter under it, just like we knew there would be. Uh, this mystery just keeps on getting more mysterious. Can't believe it. Yeah, and uh, they've like kind of been working all night, and Sam's like, "Well, whew, that was a hard day's work. Where are we gonna sleep?" And Chet Tesman's just like, we're not going to sleep, idiot. Come on. Yep, come on, dipshit. <laughs> Didn't you hear Gordon Cole tell you I got my own M.O.? Modus operandi. God. <laughs> I love Perfect. Gordon Cole. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we get one of my favorite bit characters here, Jack, who's the owner of Hap's Diner, I guess. <laughs> 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 
It's so... He's so great. Like, yeah, there is a scene in the missing pieces that give this more context. No, yes. no, no. No, no. <laughs> Just, it's just a longer version of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just cut to it with, like, the light flashing and him going, that's Linda. Ask Irene about that. Ask now, Irene about Irene that. Irene is her name, and it is night. night. Don't take it any further than that. Wow. Like, what, the f- what the fuck does that mean, sir? He's saying don't say goodnight Irene to her, because that's stupid. And, like, that in the missing Wait, pieces scene. Wait, is that a scene, thing? Yeah, it's like yeah. an old, It's like, a song. Yeah, it's oh, a song. okay. Yeah, yeah. So in the missing pieces scene, when they're leaving, like, she's leaving her night shift, they go, oh, good uh, morning, Irene. Oh. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I just didn't Oh, okay. That. Yeah, 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 yeah. I also like that Jack has a name tag that is engraved with, say, hello to Jack, but he's crossed out the hello and wrote goodbye. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's such a good little detail. And yeah, the light is just flashing and you're hearing just sparking electricity through this whole thing. And the last shot of this scene where they're talking to him is just a guy in, like, welding goggles working on a lamp. Yeah, what the... We just, f- okay. What is happening in Deer Meadow? <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Uh, there's also a guy in, like, uh, dirty flannel and, like, a long scraggly beard who I think is in the convenience store scene later. It's just the he's I think he's credited as a woodsman. Oh really? So yeah, yeah, the guy just kind of sitting in the yeah. doorway. Yeah, there, there's a I think there is a few people just named woodsman. Yeah, most most of the background people in the convenience store are called woodsman, and like the guy uh, with like the walking stick that goes animal life in the missing pieces is the electrician. All right. Yeah. And then the the white we'll, we'll get to it. Yeah, we'll get to the jumping man. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get to the jumping man. I was like, I'm just, I was just like, I'm sure that there's some weird name for that dude. So I looked it up. Like, that's oh, the jumping man. It's All right, good. Yeah, honestly, not many spoilers around the jumping man. You know what he does? He jumps. He jumps. <laughs> so true. Sometimes he jumps in places you don't expect him to be. <laughs> like in David Bowie's. Well, we'll get to it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they. Uh, Come in and talk to Irene, who's, I guess, like, the night waitress here. And again, it's more nega Twin Peak stuff, right? Where, like, instead of the double R diner, we have this shitty diner that doesn't have any specials. And, like, everyone in here seems miserable. Yeah. The So this is a regular everyone... diner. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. People are, like, just outwardly talking about, like, oh, yeah, I think she was doing cocaine. Right. Where, like, part of Twin Peaks is that, like, everyone knows that, but no one mentions it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Desmond asked Irene if she does cocaine. She's like, no, I don't take cocaine. I've never taken cocaine. I don't take drugs. Yeah. As she's smoking, which prompts Sam to go, cocaine's a drug. <laughs> Sam, um, actually hers, and it's the biggest mistake of his life. <laughs> yeah, Desmond's getting kind of sick of Sam's shit at this point. I understand why Cooper did not want to send the stuff to her, or to yeah. him. I also love Keith Sutherland's acting choice, which is that Sam Stanley is just constantly blinking too much. <laughs> He's just nonstop blinking his eyes. It's very funny. Um, he also, when they leave the fucking sheriff's office to go to the morgue, he does stop Desmond to go like, Agent Desmond, I figure this whole office, furniture included, is worth about $20,000. <laughs> like, that's what he was doing in the background while he yeah. was talking to the sheriff. Mm-hmm. Which feels a little to be like, oh god, Desmond, you've trained this machine to kill. You taught him to look for symbolism, and now he's sitting there counting <laughs> the fucking dollar value of every piece of furniture he looks at. God. 
and yeah, they just kind of talk with Irene a bit about Teresa. Uh, yeah, she mentions that. Yeah, she was on cocaine. She was late a lot. Um, there's a guy off to the side who's like an older man with like a young woman with him who just keeps going. Are you asking about that little girl that got murdered? And then like he asks the same question again five minutes later. Yeah. Yeah, and she says something in French, and <laughs> yeah, that just seems normal. That seems like a <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. Everyone in De- everyone in Deer Meadow feels like they there's like a gas leak in town. Like everyone's <laughs> a little off. Uh, but um, Carl just- is the only one that like I'm like yeah, that guy's re- real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Irene also mentions that a few days before uh. Teresa died, her arm went completely numb and she couldn't move it. And, uh... Yeah, that never really comes up again. Except, I guess... I guess it kinda does. It's implied that, like, the ring did it or something. I just thought it was, like, the arm thing from the end of season two. I think that's also what it's related to. Yeah, what it's going to, yeah. Yeah. But then also, the man from another place says he is the arm, so who knows? Well, yeah, I think he's Mike's arm. Yeah, he's. I think he's Mike's arm. Oh, Mike's arm. Because at the end, he touches his shoulder and they speak in unison. Yes. Oh, uh, I thought they were just being weirdos. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah I mean, they're all, they are also they are being, being weirdos. weirdos. Yeah, no, I just didn't put that together. Okay, great. Yeah, totally, totally. We need to get going. <laughs> we are there's an hour lot. into this podcast and there's two hours left of movie. Oh, God, are we only, are we only an hour in? Yeah, we are. Jesus Christ. We're so fucked, dude. We're so fucked. Oh, I mean, listen, worst case scenario, we could call this a two-parter. No, we need to just finish this fucking thing. All right, yeah. let's do it. We, then, we can do this. We can yeah. do this. We can do this. Uh, all right. So, yeah, they leave the diner to go to the Fat Trout trailer park to investigate that. They go and knock on the manager's door who has a bunch of, like, handwritten notes and just, like, scraps of cardboard nailed to it. Yeah, which I assumed are people, are, like, complaining to him. Oh, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yes, yes yeah. Because he also has in, like, marker written on his door, do not ever bother be- before 9 a.m., ever. And they knock on the door before they read that, going, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. <laughs> they, hear yeah. him, like, they pull out their guns. <laughs> yeah. They hear him, like, yelling inside, like, oh, shit, oh, fuck. I am looking at the notes now. <laughs> the one at the top that's most proud, it does just say, Rod, my cat is gone. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. It does seem like this place is, uh, not great. Yeah, this is, uh, as opposed to, like, Twin Peaks, which is a very, like, idyllic side town, uh, idyllic town that maybe has a bit of a dark side, uh, Deer Meadow is just, uh, Is a dark shit. town that maybe has a little bit of an idyllic side. Maybe somewhere. If it does, it's, I didn't see it. It's the mountains you can see in the background. That's true. You know yeah. what? I'll give you that. Beautiful scenery. Yeah, yeah, it it, yeah. it is, in fact, the woods is the best part. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's, it's the complete opposite. Yeah, it does very much feel like uh, a very, like, impoverished town. Just kind of a miserable place to be. Uh, but yeah, uh, Carl comes to the door and sees that they're the FBI, and he cal- calms down, kind of, but he's also upset. He's like, oh, god damn it! everyone just keeps wanting to see that fucking trailer. There's just more shit I gotta do now. Yeah, he he mostly just seems like he's in a... Like, having a bad time. <laughs> yeah, and as we said, it's Harry Dean Stanton, the GOAT. Yeah. One of one of the greatest all-time small-bit actors. Absolutely. Yeah, he is crushing it. 
Yeah, uh, we get into Teresa's trailer. We get, like, a weird, unmotivated close-up of her electrical socket, because electricity is important now. Wasn't before, but it is now. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. And uh, they're just kind of looking around, and they find a photo of her wearing the ring that was missing from her personal effects. Yeah, but blurry enough so that we don't see that it has the Owl's logo on it. Yeah, we don't see it's got the same symbol from Owl Cave on it. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, Carl brings them just the shittiest coffee in the world, but and they're like they kind oh, of enjoying it. Coffee. Yeah, yeah, get, get you a cup of Good Morning America. That's the best goddamn coffee gonna get anywhere, buddy. We sure could use a good pick me up, couldn't we, Agent Desmond? And he doesn't sure say anything. Pick me up. Sure could use a good pick me up. <laughs> he doesn't get a response, so he just says the line again. Desmond's like, yeah, uh huh, okay. He's like, Dad, I, I can relate to that. <laughs> yeah, I've done that. Uh, yeah, we get a, a lady who's covered in, like, coal. We get that, like, yeah. it's just, like, a normal kind of scene, and then it cuts outside, and we get this weird swooping camera shot, and then it fades to black and fades up on this, like, soot-covered woman with an ice pack over her eye walking in. Yeah. It's so creepy. Yeah, it's so fucking weird, dude. Yeah, and, like, and he, he just, like, asks her, like, oh, do you know Teresa Banks? And she's like... Is like shaking and like just like slowly backs away. Yeah, like Desmond and Sam are just kind of nonplussed by this, but seeing her is like deeply disturbed, Carl. Yeah. Uh, this lady's a witch. Yes, yes for yeah, sure. I, I feel like, yeah, a witch or like a lodge spirit or something. I know she's yeah. wearing a cross, but that's a, that's a witch. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I, it wouldn't have shocked me if she was in the convenience store scene. She's not, but like she would have fit right in, you know? Yeah. Uh, and Carl just all of a sudden, he's, like, completely lost all of his, like, verve, and he just kind of quiet. He's like, you see now, I've already gone places. They're like, what? What are you talking? What's going on, man? <laughs> I love the shot they cut to of, like, just the um, pole. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, the electrical like pole. Evangelion, this loves electricity poles. Yeah, we keep cutting to, yeah, just an electricity pole with, like, a big six on it and some other numbers. Um, I didn't bother to look, but I guarantee fucking tea there's people doing numerology bullshit on those numbers. <laughs> oh, there absolutely is. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why, but they got stuck in my brain. Yeah, I mean, it's a very, like... Because you also have, like, a bunch of weird sounds. I think we're getting the sound the arm makes over this for the first time. Oh, is that what it is? Okay. I think so, like, the I weird, like... I couldn't hear it super well, because for whatever reason, our TV's really quiet in here, so we have to, like, crank it up, and even then, I couldn't hear it very well, mm -hmm. uh, relying on subtitles a lot for this. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, um, the Secret History of Twin Peaks establishes that Carl was friends with the log lady when he was a kid, and they both got lost in the woods when she got that tattoo. Alright, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I hate... So the agents leave uh, the trailer park and go back to pick up the body because Sam's got to take it back to Seattle to do some real nerve work on it to yeah. figure out what was up with her numb arm. And uh, the sheriff is very much like, you're not taking that body anywhere. And then they take the body. Yeah, <laughs> yeah luckily we skipped the part where he has to bare knuckle fist fight the sheriff to get the body. <laughs> it's really funny because they've already loaded up the body in theory, right? So Right, yeah, yeah. Um, I do like the dumb joke where they ask him, like, hey, uh, there's a ring missing. Do you know anything about that? We got a phone here. It's, it's got, got a, a little nice ring. ring. <laughs> and they think that is the funniest thing in the world. They're so yeah. fucking pleased with themselves for doing that joke. They love it. Yeah. Uh, so Sam heads back to start working on the body some more. But Chet Desmond's not done here. He needs to go back to the trailer park because he needs to investigate 
the blue rose. Yeah, the blue rose aspect of this. Yeah. So he meets up with Carl again, who points out Agent uh, Deputy Cliff's trailer in the trailer park. He also lives here. And, uh, but he never ends up going over there. He gets distracted by the power lines, which seem to lead him over to a different trailer. And he, uh, knocks on the door, nobody answers, but he sees underneath of it a little mound of dirt, and what's on top of that mound of dirt? It's Teresa's missing ring! We love to put, uh, jewelry on top of a mound of dirt here. Yeah, absolutely. Yes! It's my favorite (laughs) thing to do. I forgot they did that with a necklace in the Yeah, they did that with a necklace! Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Chet reaches down, like, bends over, reaches down, and right before he touches it, he freeze frames and fades to black, and that's the last anyone ever sees of him. <laughs> I was Rick kind of bummed that we Chet didn't Desmond, get more but him. I'm different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then Cooper ends up in the Black Lodge. He's like, oh, fuck, I'm not different. Oh, jeez. <laughs> ah, shit. I thought I was built different. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, all of this Chet Desmond stuff was originally supposed to be Cooper. Yeah. Uh, but at first, Kyle McClellan was like, no, I'm kind of fucking burned after you ditched me on Twin Peaks, so no. And they finally talked him into doing, like, a small role in the movie. Yeah, it's very funny because I read on Wikipedia, they're like, well, he was worried about typecasting, and I'm like, he's already been in a lot of stuff before this, so I think that might be an excuse. Yeah, and he's, like, flat out said that was an excuse, and really yeah. it was just like, eh, I was just kind of sour grapes. It's very funny that it's still on Wikipedia then. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> Wikipedia uh, not having correct information? I that know. Seems, uh, yeah. I know. And we cut from there to Philadelphia, uh, the, the Philadelphia FBI office where Gordon Cole said he'd be. And we finally get him, our boy, Agent Cooper. Yeah, he's here. Why, is he, like, uh, why is he yeah. in this movie? Um, I know he kind of well, has to be, but he doesn't really need to be. He doesn't really need... I mean, listen... You don't really need any of the stuff that happens before the no. Twin Peaks theme starts. No, I mean, I get that. Yeah. I know. But uh, it, it seems like Cooper specifically does not need to be here for this. Uh, yeah. Yeah, not really. Partially, part of it, this was originally supposed to be the first movie of a trilogy. Oh, okay. yeah. I, and I after saw this that, movie yeah. made negative $5 million, they said, yeah, it's not happening, Yeah, buddy. that's not going to happen, Paul. The uh, second movie was supposed to be all about Philip Jeffries, and then they were the third movie was going to finally follow up on what happened to Cooper after the end of season two. I cannot imagine doing the David Bowie movie. Are you fucking kidding me? Right? Yeah. Why <laughs> would you do that? I, I mean, yeah, David Bowie was in a lot of movies around that time. Yeah. I including just some David Lynch ones. Yeah, I just don't know why you would make the David Bowie movie, that's all. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they had an idea. <laughs> David Bowie, very sadly, uh, died shortly before they started filming season three. I yeah. was actually going to ask, because uh, I yeah. didn't know the timetable for that. He, It was kind of close. Like, it was close enough that people thought maybe he'd show up in season three, but he didn't. Yeah. That's a shame. Uh, yeah. The, the I think probably, at least in my opinion, and maybe I'm being sour grapes about this one, Yeah, uh, is that... I think the worst scene in the missing pieces is when uh, Cooper's talking to an off-screen Diane. It fucking sucks. <laughs> it fucking sucks. I <laughs> okay, good, good, bad. good, good, good. I appreciate that they don't show Diane. Uh, I just think it's so unnecessary. It's, it's fucking it's so like, unnecessary. It's like Wilson Home Improvement shit. Like, yes. yeah, like, and I know that it's un- like I. I'm not saying like. 
you know, and it's bad that it exists because, like, you know, they obviously cut it for a I, reason. Yeah. yeah. But, like, I just think, I'm just like, like, I'm like, that's one of those scenes where I'm like, you know, you didn't need to, make, like, write this. And also, I didn't think you don't need, you didn't need to film it. This he's also, doing fuck, yeah. It yeah. literally makes Cooper's character worse, I think. It yeah. sucks. Yeah, because he's, like, doing squats in her doorway. Yeah, he's and just being like, a fucking the, weirdo at her. They're, they're, like, playing a game where, like, she moves something in her office and he has to guess what. And he gets it right, which means she has to make him coffee and also do all his dishes. Yeah, it's, it's a really fucking weird scene. And, like, a lot of the... I, like, enjoyed the missing pieces more than I thought I would. Uh-huh. For what, you know, is basically the play-all feature on a DVD deleted scenes menu. Yes, absolutely. Um, but, yeah, like, that was the one where it's like, yeah, I could have just not seen that and be okay. Yeah, Like, I'm yeah. happy I saw the Norma stuff and, like, yeah. the... sure. The, you know, Pete talking about wood and inflation. Right, that's, that's a great really, scene. It's a great scene that does not belong it's, anywhere near this movie. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but, like, yeah, that's the one where I'm like, eh, yeah, this one. <laughs> I don't even know where you would insert that scene into this movie. I have no fucking like, idea. What Be- do you cut away from to cut to Pete at the lumber mill? Before the, or, oh, yeah, I thought you were talking about the Cooper thing, yeah. No, I think yeah. what you do is you, uh, after uh, Bobby gets the location for the, uh, for the drug thing. Okay, yeah, the, yeah. That's the that's sound of night. sawing wood in the distance. Oh, yeah. sure, you're right, you're oh, right. Yeah, that would actually be yeah, okay. Yep, yes, yep, yep, you'd have that be the perfect. Point. That's yeah. where you do yep. it. You're right. Uh, anyway, let's talk about a good thing with Cooper. Anyway, yeah, Cooper walks into the office, and we get, like, a little sting of his fun jazz tune that immediately fades out as he, like, crouches down to Gordon Cole's desk and just says, Gordon, it's 10, 10 a.m. on whatever day it is. I, I told you I was worried about today because of the dream I had. And Cole's thing is, like, he checks the time to make sure Cooper's right about this, which I like. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, shit, it is 10, 10 a.m., ain't it? Yeah, ain't it? So, uh, like, and he, yeah. he goes out into the hallway. I remember you mentioning this to me, Luke. Oh, yeah? Like, just, like, as, like, a cool supernatural thing. Oh, and yeah. I still think that this is a dope-ass supernatural thing. Yeah, so, like, it cuts, and it's not really clear if we are seeing the dream Cooper had or just seeing what happens next, which I like. Uh, he is like just stands out and stares at the security camera, and then walks into the security booth right next to him, and like watches himself walk off the camera, and then goes and does it again, and does it again, and this time his recording does not leave the screen. Yeah, it, he just it's stands when there. David Bowie walks out of the elevator. Right, and you're cut with that. You see an elevator door open, and like nothing happens. No one steps out of it, and then we cut back to it again, and this time David Bowie steps out of it. And uh, he walked, we watched David Bowie just walk down the hall, empty hallway, but on the camera footage, he's walking around Cooper. It's really good. It's really good. It fucking rules. And it's, it's just, very much right, like, Cooper, whatever happened to him, like, getting trapped in the lodge, like, it is, like, breaking his life. Like, there's two Coopers. There's the one on the screen, and there's the one in, like, this office or whatever. It's, oh, I, it rules. I wasn't even thinking that far. I was just like, yeah. man, this is weird. Like, or, like... Uh, that David Bowie's character, like, is warping time around him. Yeah, that's, that's definitely what I another way to, to take be, it. Yeah. 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 I, I guess I'm thinking about the Black Lodge stuff because the first thing David Bowie says, well, the first thing he says is, we we're are not, not talking, talking about, about Judy. We're not talking about her. We're going to leave Judy out of this. Stop asking, okay? Yeah. I am not I fucking, talking about Judy. I love that they took David Bowie and said, what kind of voice can we have you do? I get it. Let's let's make you a Southern guy. Yeah, a Southerner, obviously. obviously. And he's wearing 
a Hawaiian shirt with high-waisted trousers and like a loose like white leisure suit. It's great. This is a David Byrne look to me. A yeah, little bit. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This will this will uh, play into our later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but no. Then after that, he points at Cooper and says, "Who do you think that is there?" Like David Bowie somehow has like he can see that Cooper has been like swapped out with his evil doppelganger. Yeah. It's evil. Cooper. Even yeah. though again, this happened before that. Uh, like, I also yeah. like that like Cooper is like. All right, we know that something weird's going on, and Cole's like, "I know, I know. Don't worry about. It. Like, I got this. I got yeah, this." Yeah, Cooper's freaking out, and Cole's just like, "Hey, I got it." And then, uh, like, as David Bowie—I should use his character name, Philip Jeffries. Yeah, uh, he's David Bowie. <laughs> yeah, who th- we also get like a quick throwaway line that he's a long lost FBI agent. Uh, yeah, because like, yeah, Cole and Albert recognize him. Um, as he starts, like, explaining things, a different scene fades in over top. We get, like, TV static and just these weird superimposed shots of this guy in, like, white face makeup and, like, a big pointy nose and a red suit just screaming at the camera. Yeah. Yeah. And he's holding a weird little, like, stick. And, uh, then we cut from that into, uh, what you might... Guess if you watch the movie and know for sure if you watch the missing pieces is the room above the convenience store that was referenced in the uh, uh, the show. Yeah, yeah. Where just all of the spirits are hanging out. The, yeah, the jumping man is just kind of as I said, he's just jumping. He's jumping, yeah. man. He doesn't seem like he's having a fun time jumping though. He seems angry. Yeah, yeah. I yeah I. Uh, I was like, I like that guy's look. I mean, like, it's awful, but like... Yeah, no, it's creepy in a very good way. Yes. And I like when they, they bring it back. Yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah, there's a bunch of uh, woodsmen hanging out in the back, and Bob and the man from another place are sitting at a table up front with bowls of creamed corn just sitting out. It's gross. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, I don't like all the creamed corn. Uh, yeah. And then... Creamed uh, corn, there's... something that's been elevated from... A weird one-off scene in the show to uh, the manifestation of pain and suffering. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and because also you have uh, the old lady and the the kid from that scene. Yes, who, who is, also yeah. apparently Black Lodge demons. Yeah, which kind of makes sense, right? Because when Donna went to go see them again, it was a different lady with the same name at the door. Yes, which then fits with what Carl says, like, "Oh yeah, no, there was like an old woman and her grandson that lived here." But before that, there was different people with the same name that lived here. That's weird. Yeah, that's kind of weird, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, We get some uh, discussion from the man from another place. He talks about Garmin Bozia. And he starts rubbing his hands on the table. He says, this is for me. With this ring, I thee wed. Yeah, he rubs the table. This is a Formica table. Green is its color. And we see uh, green table kind of has a notch out of it in the same shape of the stone in that ring, huh? Yep. Oh, yeah, I guess it does, huh? Yeah, uh-huh. uh, we get we get a lot of it, we get a shot of the inside of someone's mouth saying electricity. Yes, the uh, missing pieces has so much more of that. Yeah, so much yeah. more mouth. Ugh. It has a whole little monologue here, uh, like Wait, yeah, and yeah, the specifically the jumping man, and you can just really see like they are not trying to hide that he's in makeup. It's like extremely crusty and weird. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. What's the like? Yeah, we. The chrome reflects our image up and down. We yeah. travel through pure air. Yeah. It's fucking good, actually. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah I, I, listen, we only have so much time. 
Yeah. How do you feel about the version in the movie that is these two weird scenes superimposed over each other versus seeing what the actual scenes are separated in the missing pieces? Uh, I like the over the top of each other so much like weirder and cooler. Yes, I yeah. agree. I, I like it's interesting to like to know the ideas. Yeah. Like that, like, oh, like what? David Bowie is saying and like right. all the stuff that's happening in this the, you know and learning that it's the convenience store yeah yeah but like but you know where David Bowie's been yeah, yeah like yeah all I need to like yeah the instant he walks in it's like all right weird fucked up shit happened to him yeah and I just let yeah and then he, weird fucked up shit happens and you're like all right yeah I yeah I adore the version that's in the movie because like it's it's as if like he can't exist in the real world without the spirit world like overriding him and now we're just in this like crazy fucking montage of clips from that scene and you can hear him trying to scream over it but you can barely make out what he's saying yeah, that, yeah. i think that part is really good it's really yeah, good yeah and then um, like you get uh pierre the little boy who has like a mask in the shape of uh the jumping man's face yeah he's gonna take over one day but yeah he's like hiding behind like it's not like he almost looks kind of scared like he's just like a little kid lost in this like creepy violent like unsafe room and he's just hiding behind this mask which i feel like fits well into like the laura palmer stuff you know yeah, yeah. Uh, uh and then he takes I, the mask off again and he's a monkey under there i don't know what that part's about yeah i i read somewhere that it's a different actor for the kid I, yeah that it's may not be... david lynch's son anymore because i Boy, think they got yeah. somebody who looks a lot like him though yeah yeah like, I, yeah i i had to go like back and check that like several times like I'm pretty sure that's little Lynchy. Yeah, no, they just found a different little boy to look like a little Lynch. Yeah. Um, the other thing is they speed up the FPS on uh, the man from another place's hands when he's rubbing the table, and it freaks me out. I hate it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's got too many frames. Don't like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, it's it's real 60 frames per second. This is some <laughs> fucking, uh, Jerry, you know, long halftime walk shit. Yeah. Like I said... This is one of my favorite scenes in movies, but I also think it's the scene that makes people immediately jump off the ride. I kind of... Like, yeah, no, I, no, I, no, not doing this. I guess I kind of get it, but if you watch Twin Peaks Season 1 or 2, what else are you doing here? Right, yeah. yeah. If, if you're if you're at Cannes and are familiar with David Lynch's... Right, you're at a like, David oeuvre. Lynch new movie screening. Yeah. Yeah, like... I, you know, have watched some David Lynch, and I'm actually kind of interested to check them out again now that, like, I am not, you know, that I'm, like, a full decade older than I saw some of them. Right, right. And, you know, have, like, kind of gone into, like, one of his more reasonable ones. Sure, yeah. Uh, but, like, this is the kind of stuff that he does. Yeah. I don't and, know why people thought it wouldn't be a David Lynch movie. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. And, um, yeah, we shouldn't waste time on those people. <laughs> no, we shouldn't. Uh, uh, but so, yeah, he becomes a monkey, and then uh, we get Cooper at the... Uh, yeah, Cooper is now investigating the disappearance of Chet Desmond. Uh, oh, well, no, well, first, real quick, David Bowie vanishes from the office. In fact, he was never here. Yeah, uh, yeah that's which what the front is great. Desk says. Yeah, we get just, like, shots of him screaming superimposed over electrical lines, and, like, they don't try to do it as a special effect, thank God. They save that for the shitty missing pieces scene. Uh, but you get the implication that, like, he's being sucked through the electrical line somehow. Sure. Which is yeah, cool. Yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah. I, I, I kind of like just the effect of it's very, like, early silent film. Yeah. Where he just shows up in a place and, like, the whole, like, back wall is burnt. 
Sure. Yeah, I just the all the stuff with him in Argentina just feels like yeah. What, I honestly, happening? when they showed him in Argentina, I was like, oh, that's like a Palm Beach, uh, like hotel, like a kind of shitty hotel in Palm Beach. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh huh. And then uh-huh. it's like, oh, it's Argentina. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, he's like the yeah missing Pavisa's version. He's like upset that like years have passed since he's been there, and he's just freaking and out. The, and then the guy pooped himself. And yeah, yeah a guy sees him rematerialize in the hotel, and he says, "I have I have shit in my pants." Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just don't care. Yeah, me yeah. neither. No, it, it's so much better crop down like this, and just like I, I like it better when it's incoherent. Yes. Yep. Well, I like in. Uh, you know, we were talking about the finale. It's good when David Lynch is just like, "All right, let's cut out all these things that explain shit." Yeah, yeah. Like just, sometimes you it, just want vibes. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes you want vibes, and like it's more fun to try to puzzle out what this scene means than it is to be told what this scene means because that's not as interesting. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So Cooper is investigating Chet Desmond's disappearance. He's talking to Carl. And, I like uh, Carl. Like when he when. He, like, all shows around, and then Cooper just starts walking off to where... It's uh, so good, because he's like, well, that's not the way to Deputy Cliff's trailer. Well, I'm not going over there. I'm going over here, he says as he walks off screen, and Carl yeah. just goes, God damn, these people are confusing. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's where really the good. hell are you going? Which, again, not to rail on it again, I'll stop after this, but, like, that going from the David Bowie thing to a character being like, this shit don't make no sense, just seems like an assurance to the audience, like, listen, we know. Relax. It's gonna be fine. Yeah. It's okay if you don't get it right now. Shh. <laughs> it's fine. Anyway, uh, Leo we... pointing at the screen with with the lipstick on the windshield of his car. Let's rock. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess we this was. About, yeah. yeah. You were going to do this. <laughs> I was going to write. Totally reprise has always been cool in like pink, like like soap on my car windshield, and then I got lazy and didn't. Wish you would have, though. Yeah, it would have been fun. It would have been fun to get to this and be like, oh, shit, that's what you did. Yeah. Uh, but oh, well. I really, I really like seeing the Let's Rock from behind, so it's backwards, but you can still read it. That's a cool way to, like, represent the backwards speak in text. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then we cut to, uh, well, he first also said, Diane, it's 4.20 p.m. Hell yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. <laughs> uh, Chet, that, so it's Chet's car, and the trailer that the Chalfonts were in is hooked up to it. Uh, yeah, yeah, Chet's car is, like, parked over there, and yeah, the... Oh, wait, I think oh, the trailer's it? hitched to it. Oh, you're... Oh, maybe. Yeah, you're t- I, I yeah. didn't notice that, but yeah, you're totally right. Yeah, it's yeah, hitched to it, because I they kidnapped him. Right, yeah, no, I didn't think about that. No, you're right, I just thought that was another trailer, but yeah, that could totally be the Chalfont trailer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so yeah, he's standing on the shore where they found Teresa, and he just says, like, I have a feeling that the killer is going to strike again, but I have no idea Title drop, uh, yeah. Late and, title card, baby. And then we get the fucking TV show intro shot of the town side of Twin Peaks, and the theme song hits. It's so fucking good. This is the cinema I asked Pris when the movie started I was like do you think they're just going to use the regular theme music And then it came in with the static And I was like aww Uh, And then we get to the part It's like yeah yeah. And uh, yeah who cares about anything We just spent like two hours talking about It's time to talk about Laura fucking Palmer baby That's right Laura Palmer the goat Uh, Yeah and she's just kind of walking down the street The the theme song's playing She uh I 
I was watching this a lot, and I was really struck by how much of the framing of the suburbs in this are very similar to how it was in uh, Halloween. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, very much like everyone's just shut up in their houses and like yeah, horrible things like, are happening. But like it, the one of the big things in yeah, like Halloween is this horror is coming to the suburbs, right? And this is very much that the horror was always here, right? Yeah, yeah. The horror started in the suburbs. That like yeah, like the whole thing is like you don't want to be out on the street. You like being at home is you know it's still dangerous, but it's safer and right for her. Like yeah, the it's the dead opposite. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, she gets Donna, and they walk to school together. We've talked about it. Donna's been recast, because, it, uh... It kind of fucked me up for the entire movie. I'm sorry. It's, it's, yeah. It's a bummer Laura Flynn Boyle's yeah. not in this. We've talked about it. She kind of didn't love her time with Twin Peaks, and also, uh, refused to do the nude scene that's in this movie, so... Understandable, understandable. Yeah, understandable. I do. Yeah, um, I do like this Donna, okay? Yeah, I think she's fine. I, yeah, I, like I think her. she does the like, job. She could have done. She could have been in the show. It's just yeah. Yeah. It is a bummer that like her best friend is not the person that's been her best friend. Yep. Um, we get a brief like introduction of Mike and Bobby just yelling like Mike is the man. <laughs> the extended version of this scene is very funny and doesn't make any fucking sense on top of it. So whatever. Yeah, I think you get like the nugget that's worth seeing in the in the movie. Yeah. Mike is the man. That's all you gotta We're just know. We're gonna get, like, a short montage of her seeing all her friends. Yeah, she sees, yeah, Mike and Bobby, then she runs into James in the hallway at school, and they just kind of have, like, a, a brief moment of where they look at each other and, like, move on. And, uh, then Laura excuses herself to go to the bathroom and do some cocaine. Uh, I, at the yeah. scene, uh, I said to Pris, oh, coke break, and then she actually did coke, and I was like, wait, no! <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean it! No, I am still flabbergasted by how weird these fucking bathrooms are. Yeah, yeah like a metal sign in front of it. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, um, I think that's the same set. Uh, one thing we're gonna get there, but like the why did they remake or they didn't reuse the Double R Diner set? This is a, a totally different, different Double R Diner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's super weird. Well, it's weird because so it's like the only one. Part of what I'll say, because like, I think um, you know, we've had we've dealt with Nega Twin Peaks this whole movie so far. And then you get some Cooper, and the theme song drops, and oh, there's Laura Palmer. Everything's good now. Here's just a, a quick just conga line of all our Twin Peaks friends. Oh, now Laura's doing cocaine before the theme song's even over. And like, uh-oh, uh-oh. The good stuff's not actually here. Maybe Twin Peaks actually sucks. And I think maybe seeing the Maybe it was always R- the dark secret, yes. Yeah, maybe, maybe Twin Peaks and Deer Meadow are not as different as we like to believe. And maybe, maybe, you know... Obviously, it's not literally this, but it's almost like the Twin Peaks of the show is Twin Peaks from Cooper's perspective, and this is the Twin Peaks from Laura's perspective, which is a shitty town where no one is helping her, you know? Yeah, I guess that is true, but also I just, every other set is basically the same, so it's just weird that the diner looks so different specifically. Yeah, I think part of that is also that a lot of the other sets are, like, actual houses they filmed in, and the double R was a set. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, totally. It's, it's, It's just striking. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, and maybe yeah, is why they don't spend very much time there. Maybe, maybe. Uh, they we see Laura like coming out of the locker room in just a towel uh, to meet James, and meanwhile Bobby is kissing the glass over Laura's picture frame in like the trophy room. It's so weird that Laura's picture's in the trophy room. That's you know what I didn't think about it, but you're right. It's a bunch it's of so trophies in the Laura's weird homecoming I, photo. I, I have seen. 
schools that had do- have done that. That's so but fucking like, weird. Like, the Homecoming Kings photo is not in the trophy case. Yeah, like, if you're gonna do it, just do both. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but also, uh, don't do this. They're te- That's weird. Yeah, it, it's odd. Uh, yeah, Laura and James are just kind of having, like, a quiet, emotional conversation. I like that you kind of immediately get what... Like, every time we see Laura with one of the men she was seeing, you immediately, like, understand what their dynamic was and, like, why Laura was in that relationship. Yeah. Yes, like, I love James it. James is a weenie supreme, but that's kind of why she likes him, because she can, like, kind of just pretend to, like, be high school sweethearts with a sweet boy who yeah. kind of sucks, instead of all I, the awful shit. I'm lost like a turkey in the corn. I'll oh. say that. The You're turkey's the dumbest animal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, James. Gobble, 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 gobble. Uh, I saw James, and I was like, oh, it's James! Because I hadn't yeah. seen him in so long. I was I was so excited. I think the turkey and the corn exchange is another point of, like, either you're in on this movie, or you say, fuck this, when you hear that Bro, line. they are fucking teenagers. Relax. <laughs> They're teenagers. Also, Laura is on, like, a minimum of two substances in every scene. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, they Laura basically from the start of this knows that she is doomed. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, no one's helping her. And I feel like in this bit, even, like, she's trying to explain her feelings to James, and James' response is like, no, that's not how it is. James is like, well, if I kiss you hard enough, it's going to fix everything. Yeah. Uh huh. And she's like, yeah. Like, yeah, even the people sure. that mean well and care about her aren't, like, actually listening to her. Yeah. Harold. Like, yeah, Harold. <laughs> Well, and, like, even, like, Sarah Palmer, like, who knows yeah. that something is fucking weird with uh, Leland. Yes. But can't make that, because it's so horrifying, can't make that final leap yeah, of the what little, is actually happening. The little booklet that came with the Criterion version of the disc uh, has an interview with David Lynch where he basically said, like, from his perspective, eh, Sarah knows what's going on and she knows that Leland killed Laura in the show. But, like, she can't let herself admit that she knows that. Right. Like she can't that, that would kill that. her, right? Yeah. Yeah. So like she knows, but she doesn't know. Which yeah, I, which I, is I, much I better totally than get... oh, she was drugged the whole time, right? Yes. Which you know this movie does get into, and it gets into it more in the missing pieces. Yeah, like we see like Sarah Palmer has like memory problems from all the drugs Leland is giving her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, yeah, it's. Uh, I really like this scene uh, next with Bobby just because yeah. he of him walking backwards. It's so funny. <laughs> Bobby comes up to her and just is, like, an asshole to her like Bobby can be, and she's an asshole right back to him. And he's like, hey, wait, 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 wait a minute. Well, he basically, like, he doesn't say it, but the implication he has is, like, okay, maybe I'll stop fucking giving you cocaine if it's gonna be like this. Yeah, yeah. And that, she immediately just turns on a dime and flashes him a smile and starts sweet-talking him, and it just immediately breaks him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. From, like, seeing, like, a, the... Because I have a certain soft spot for Bobby. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, it's really interesting. Like, you know, we learned stuff about him in this, or stuff we already knew, but it turns out it's more real than we thought. <laughs> stuff I keep, I kept bringing up, and you're like, ah, that didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bobby I'm sure you had to- immediately after Laura dies is like, I can't do any more cocaine. Oh, yeah, no more of that. Yeah. But, like, it, it makes it more clear, like, to me at least, that this is a guy that is putting on an act so hard. 
Yeah, yeah. And it's, like, very, like, this one scene, you immediately get, like, the shitty, like, manipulative dynamic between them. And it's not even, like, it's not just that Laura's manipulating Bobby. It's bad all around, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, like, he's, he's a is... shitty dude, and she is taking advantage of him as well. Like, it's yeah. Yeah, and just he, a you know, bad deal. He's yeah, got yeah. her on the cocaine leash, so. Right, right. Um, and then, yeah, as soon as she pumps him up a little, he just starts walking slash dancing backwards. It's a, like, spoken word song starts playing. That's so yeah. good. Man, it's, I got a real inclination. I thought that this was Tom Waits, and then that led me to, like, have Tom, have Tom Waits and David Lynch met each other? They should. <laughs> or it would destroy the world. I, like, one or the other. Right, uh-huh, uh-huh. Maybe that's why they should. Uh, we cut from there to Donna and Laura hanging out in Donna's living room. This is this is some teen vibes right here. Yeah. Yeah. The this this Donna and Laura, especially in the missing pieces, are so much more gay yeah. than oh, in the yeah. show. And oh, we already yeah. said that they fucked at the main show. I was thinking about this movie every time you brought that idea up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh and yeah, they're just kinda like, yeah, laying around talking about shit. Uh, uh it's very obvious that Donna is really into James and doesn't realize it yet. Yeah, because and, and Laura is knows. like yeah. Like, why are you going to see Bobby? You should see James. He's so... Oh, he's so good. And I like Laura's, like, the look she shoots her, because it is both what you're saying, but I feel like it's also a little bit of, like, fuck you, I do not care about this high school bullshit. Like, you have no idea. Yeah. Like, you know why I'm seeing Bobby? Because I desperately need drugs to survive day to day, because my life is shit. And yeah. you don't know about that, so shut the fuck up. Doesn't she... Did she know about the... She knew about the cocaine, right? She knew about the cocaine. I feel like the implication is that as far as Laura knows, she doesn't, but Donna does. Okay, okay. Okay, yeah. Because what she says in, like, the pilot is that I knew Laura better than she thought I did. Sure, okay. That's fair. Yeah. I just, I, it's been a minute since we've watched the very beginning of season one. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... They yep. definitely, like, read the pilot script or, like, rewatched the pilot a lot when writing this because there's a lot of little callbacks to the pilot like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is the first time we also get the mention of the angels. Right, because Donna, very, like, bored teenager, just talking, like, you think if you just fell through space, you'd just fall at the same speed forever or go faster and faster? That's a very teen thing to say. <laughs> totally. And... Laura just says faster and faster And then she kind of like just gets in her own head And starts talking about how you Until eventually you burst into fire And not even the angels will save you And Donna's like whoa this went a place I wasn't ready for Yeah Uh Laura goes back home and finds out that Someone has ripped pages out of her diary Her secret diary Yeah yeah. Of Laura Palmer Uh huh So she immediately gets in the car And drives over to Harold's uh, it's, it is very, like, the missing pieces has so much fucking business about her, like, getting the car keys from her mom and having, like, a bunch of dialogue there. In the movie, it just, okay, uh, superimpose a shot of a car driving over Laura's face, and then, uh, we cut to Harold's. Yeah. Yep. Who the, fucking cares? We just yeah. get to Harold's. The, the only part about that I, I kind of liked was, uh, like, it cuts from Laura smoking to her mom saying, you know, you'll never be a smoker if you don't start. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's like, oh... Which is also a weird, like, echo of the log ladies thing about, like, once this fire starts, it's hard to put out. 
And also, it's just something that, like, as someone who had a mom that smoked oh, totally. a lot. Yeah. 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 I, I, yeah, it works on a couple levels. Like, it's, yeah. But Yeah, except also, I never just, started smoking because I had too much anxiety because my parents yeah. yelled at me about smoking a lot because they were smokers. There you yeah. go. Uh, but also, like, yeah, like that Sarah Palmer a hundred pro- probably knows that Laura is already smoking. Oh, how could she not? Her room yes. must stink of nicotine. Well, you can't tell because Laura's mom is smoking one trillion cigarettes. That's true. The house already stinks like smoke. So, yeah, yeah you would, it's then, not going to be what's... any difference in there. That's true. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, Harold's like having a martini. <laughs> yeah, Harold's just having himself a drink. Uh, uh, God, I fucking yeah, hate him. I, I hate this man. I, I had the opposite reaction of seeing of you seeing James. Yeah. It's like, oh, fuck, this dude again. Yeah. yeah. I'm so glad he's only in this one scene. Yeah, uh, I, I like having him in this one scene, because, again, you immediately get, oh, this is why Laura, like, talked to Harold, because it's a place she can go hide and hide things she doesn't want people to find, and she can he, say whatever the fuck she wants to him, and he's not going to tell anybody, because he can't. Because he, he can't. Because yeah, he, he can't go out. Yeah. Yeah. He's the one person that actually talks to her about Bob, but yeah. also is like, Bob isn't... Like, he's like, oh, of course Bob isn't real. Right. Like, she tells him that it must have been Bob who ripped out the pages, because no one else knew where the diary was. And he's like, okay, but Bob's fake? And she loses it and tells him that Bob has been uh, raping her since she was 12 years old. And he's yeah. like, He's like, oh, well, God, that can't no. have happened. Right. And like, he's clearly, like, feels bad for her, but is also still not listening and still telling her she's wrong about what she's yeah. experiencing. Yes. Yeah, the way he says, like, oh, no, and, like, touches her face yeah. is, like, so, like, oh, I don't know what to react to this, but also I'm going to, like, I am clearly in love with you, so I'm going to try to, like... Right. Every man in her life just thinks that if I touch her in the right way, everything yes, will get yeah. better. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, no, it just makes everything worse. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, she, um... Then we get a, a little bit of Black Lodge, Laura. Yeah, we get, like, this one rips. quick cut <laughs> to, like, her in, like, white makeup and black lips and, like, gold teeth just screaming at Harold. Yeah, because she's, like... And then immediately cuts back to her and she's horrified. Because she's grabbing his shirt and she says, fire, walk with me. And then, yeah. like, cuts away from her face to his and he's horrified. It cuts back to hers. She's got yeah. goth makeup on. Uh-huh. Bro, <laughs> fucking rips. Yeah. And it, it's right after she said that Bob either wants to kill yeah. me or be me. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you can, like, she re- starts to realize that he is already, like, seeping through. Right, right. I also, I like that... When Mike says fire walk with me, he does the whole little poem in yeah. the show. It sounds like it is like, I mean, he's talking about magicians in that poem, right? It sounds like it is like a command to the fire to walk with you. Like you're trying to tame fire. Laura, it feels way more like fire walk with me. I'm walking through fire and I need somebody to walk with me. And you're coming me. with, motherfucker. Like, I, please, yeah. somebody help me. Yeah. Uh, which is, is good. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I hate Harold and his stupid, pathetic face trying to rush up against the door. Oh, Laura, come back, baby. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. You fucking uh, dick. Yep. Uh, Cheryl Lee definitely sees this whole... And it, it, like, is. Sees this as a, like, portrait of a person who just needed someone to listen, to actually listen to her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's talking about, like, when she... Like, it took her a long time to, like have the 
emotional fortitude to watch this movie back. But when she did, she was like, my big reaction is like, every scene is Laura talking to a, per- a different person that could have saved her and didn't. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I, I think uh, we get to that the next Cooper scene after like yes. a little interstitial of, uh, you know, yeah, Laura, Laura is like looking almost up at like, the fan. She's like in a trance looking at the fan and you just hear Bob's voice going like, I want to taste through your mouth. Which is line. a terrible line. thing to hear. Yeah, yeah. hate to hear Horrible, it. but great. <laughs> Hated um, it. I think Didn't this like Cooper scene is probably the least necessary. You could leave this scene out. It's not that important. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's it's Cooper and Albert hanging out at the FBI office. It's just like, I know the killer's going to strike again, and I know who the victim's going to be. I was... I, I, go ahead. I love Albert in this scene, though, so I'll, I'll accept it for this. <laughs> Yeah, I'll take Miguel Ferrer any way I can get him. Yeah, I'll take I'll take <laughs> as much content of this man as I can get. Um, yeah, I was uh, I posted the description of this movie that's on HBO on Twitter, and somebody and uh, Ryan responded with Agent Cooper getting scolded by Albert for trying to guess who his next case will be for two hours. <laughs> 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 to which I say. Uh, we find out that a Firewalk With Me is all just narration from Cooper to Albert, who both immediately forget everything they're just talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I kind of like it in the sense that, like, again, I don't, I don't buy that Cooper went into Twin Peaks knowing things about Laura Palmer already, but I like the sense that, like, that motherfucker's lost in the Black Lodge, and, like, his life is retroactively changing so that he was always going to get lost in the Black Lodge. Yeah, maybe. And also, um, in theory... He's already having weird Black Lodge dreams. He could have right. had that one with Laura that we see in uh, episode three or whatever. That's totally true. Yeah, for sure. He could have I, had that one and have it again when he's in yeah. Twin Peaks. It's not in Who the knows? actual movie, so it doesn't actually count. But the fact that they keep saying, is this future or is this past? And some of the missing pieces scenes are thinking, okay, time's fucked up. Okay, yeah. got it. Yeah. This is why you like this movie, because of timey-wimey shit. <laughs> but it's, like, not showy timey-wimey shit. Yeah. It's in the background. No, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, uh, Albert just going, well, Cooper, you've named half of the people in America. <laughs> oh, wow, the victim's going to be a teenage girl with a drug problem. Holy shit, wow. That narrows it down. Yeah, you're really crushed it, Coop. Uh, but then he says that she's, wherever she is, she is preparing a great abundance of food. And it cuts to Laura working on the Wheels on Wheels program. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. We get some Heidi. <laughs> yeah, Heidi has Heidi, a nosebleed from fucking too much, presumably. <laughs> Heidi has an anime horny nosebleed and can't help with the Meals on Wheels. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I like that, like, how much in the uh, missing scenes, like, there is a shot that is just this. Yeah, just uh, Heidi like, sitting there with the the handkerchief over her face. Like, wait, just for like a long bit. Oh, of... just like the long, like downward shot looking at the double R. Yeah, 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 yeah. That well, almost just, looks yeah. like security camera footage. I just like that. Yeah, kind of, yeah. kind of. Um, yeah, it, it's cool. Uh, yeah, but so... what's really cool is this uh, little thrift uh, painting that she gets. Yeah, so as Laura's, like, loading up her, her station wagon to go make the deliveries, uh, the Chalfonts slash Tremonts slash whatever their real names are, uh, the old lady and her grandson are just standing in the parking lot. Little boy still got the jumping man mask, and, uh, the old lady has the most haunted painting. <laughs> this painting's so haunted. It's so haunted. It's so yeah. good. 
Uh, yeah, it's just a painting of, like, a dark room with floral wallpaper. It almost looks kind of charred to me, but I don't know if that's just, like, I don't know if that's actually the case. And just a door sitting open in the middle of the frame, and I... It... There's nothing about this that is intrinsically scary, but I'm scared of this picture. Extremely uh, BuzzFeed Unsolved voice. Uh, I don't believe in ghosts, but that picture is haunted. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I guess, yeah, looking at more. Yeah, no, the room's all fucked up. Like, the, the floor is charred, and, like, the wallpaper's Yeah, it's up. gross in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, it looks like it was a nice-looking room at one point, and it isn't anymore. Yeah. Uh, the... Part that really gets Laura uh, freaking out is when the boy says that he's looking f- uh, for the the ripped out pages. Yeah, looking for the book with the pages torn out. Yeah, the man behind the, man the behind mask, the mask is, is going towards the hiding place, and he's just like whispering this whole thing. He's like, he's under the fan now. Oh god. Oh god, under the fan. Oh no, I know where the fan is. Yeah. Oh no, Laura. <laughs> oh. Uh, and yeah, like God, Shelly's just like comes back out and. It's just like I need. I can't fucking do this, bro. Yeah, Laura's, Laura's like, like yeah. I gotta go. Laura, uh, Shelly, I promise I was gonna do this, but I have a haunted painting situation now. So bye. Yeah, and Shelly's like, damn, that's wild. Shelly's like, oh well, if you got a haunted painting situation, what can yeah. we do? I'm getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's in the missing pieces. This is all shown from Shelly's point of view. Yeah, which is extremely funny. <laughs> yeah, because from Shelly's point of view, it's just like, what the fuck's going on? Uh, yeah, why yeah, does but, Laura have a painting and oh, she's running. All right, bye. Okay. All right, bye, Laura. <laughs> uh anyway, we get probably the most the best scene in this entire movie and the most horrifying. This scene or one of the most is terrifying. This is not yeah, the it, best terrifying scene in the movie. There is one better no, than this, but I agree. Uh but yeah, we get Laura just she's home and it, we just get a lot of POV shots as she quietly creeps around looking for Bob. And uh, it's just very slow. It takes its time. She slowly pushes into her own bedroom, peeks around the door, and Bob's just standing there behind the dresser she hides her diary behind. Dude, this is Smiling so scary. Yeah. Um. The this is the lead up to this is so tense. Yeah. I, I horrifying. Hate it. It could yeah, not horrible. stand it. This is when I tweeted that this movie's a panic attack. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and like. You almost get the sense this is maybe the first time she has seen Bob in, like, broad daylight. Like, it's... Yeah. She has yeah. seen Bob before, but, like, th- it's worse now. Uh, also, uh, when he- Bob screams, we get a real close-up of his mouth. Yeah, it's Yucky. very similar to, like, the electricity uh, shot yeah. earlier on. Yeah. Uh, and she runs out of the house screaming. Cheryl Lee still, like, the best screamer in the business. Yeah. Uh, and uh, goes and like then, hides under a bush nearby. This is why I say that this scene is is the best in the movie for me. Mm-hmm. Is just Shirley's acting in this part, and when Leland leaves, yeah, she like collapses under a bush and is just sobbing over what happened. And then she looks up and sees her dad leaving the house, and just like has a whole nother level of breakdown over it. Yeah, yeah just like has realizes everything that is going on and just like fully loses yeah. it. Yeah. And, and it, yeah, yeah. It she's just saying like no and oh my god like over and over and it's just the way she says those words and like her facial expressions that just like 
really nails it home and it's yeah. just such amazing acting and such a amazing scene yeah it's and like she's she's talking horrible. herself into like no 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 it, it can't be him that no uh-uh no and it definitely feels very much like this movie does not uh like bob's real he's a real guy he's a like a spirit that like inhabits leland or something or whatever but also at the same time especially in this scene you can take it in a similar way of what we were saying with sarah of like she can't let herself admit what she knows is true. Laura knows who's doing this to her. Yeah. As as Leland says at the end, I always thought you knew it was me. Yeah, like, I, it feels like we see Laura realize it's her dad twice in this movie, and I feel like that's a sign that she has, quote-unquote, realized that God knows a how many A number of times, times yeah. Yes. I think, um, I think the, uh... The thing about, like, the end of season two where they, like, talk about fear is the way into the Black Lodge. Yeah. You could kind of get the idea that Leland just scares everyone. And maybe that's why, you know, these kinds of things are attracted to him. Uh, Whether or not, like, whether or not Bob possesses him or whatever doesn't really matter as much as Leland is a very scary man who does awful things. And maybe that's why Bob is there. Well, yeah, and to me, it feels less like Bob is possessing him and making him do this shit, and more it's like he's just—it's almost like it's—it's two people in parallel. Like, if if Bob wasn't here, he would be hanging out with some other rapist. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. He just picks somebody that is causing pain and sorrow because that's what Bob wants. Yep. Yes, and like Leland on his own hires a sex worker who looks like his daughter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and the, nothing about man. that scene suggests that he's not in control of himself when he does that. Right. Uh, oh, yeah, this next scene is the most horrifying scene in this yes, movie. Yes, that's what I'm getting at. <laughs> yeah, she goes running and sobbing to Donna, and they, like, hug, and, like, Donna kind of helps calm her down. This would be where that Doc Hayward scene that we really like would go if it was in the movie. Oh, um, yeah. God, if... Getting the call then is so much worse. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, she's going to go into the worst thing fucking scene in the movie from here yeah yeah and also is getting a call from her dad who now she like yes has realized for this part of her life that right what he is doing yeah like she cannot yeah yeah yeah, yeah push that out of her mind i i feel like probably the reason they cut that scene is they didn't want to give you that like breath they just want to keep hammering the anxiety of it which i get but yeah, yeah. like giving her that like Hope Spot is, like, really nice. Yeah. But it... It is important for this movie that... That Leland is unescapable for her. Now... I agree, yeah. That is true. But he is unescapable because he calls and she's immediately sent home. That's true. Yeah. And there is still... We are not even an hour into this movie yet. God. So... The rest of yeah. this movie is about how this is inescapable. I think you can fit this yeah, in. There. Yeah, I think oh, no, you can I agree. Take the I think you could put that scene in the movie, and it would be. I think it would totally work. I just, I, I understand where they were coming from and cutting it. I think. Yeah. Like I don't think it was purely like cut for time or whatever. Oh yeah, no, no, no. I yes, I, I understand what they're doing. I don't think they needed to uh, hammer home that hard. Yeah. Anyway, here's Leland Palmer, the scariest man who's ever lived. Yeah, no Bob shit, no supernatural stuff, no violent, no, like, you know, bloody, like, horror movie violence or anything, even. It is just him quietly sitting at a table. Praying. Yeah, yeah, he's got his hands steepled like he's praying, and then, like, Laura walks in and he just goes like, Oh, hi, honey, how's Donna? Why don't you have a seat? Why don't you sit down? 
And, like, she's moving slowly, so he keeps telling her to sit down. And yeah, then and he's, he's just being a weird, shitty dad. He's also, like, he's dressed like the fucking Leave It to Beaver dad in this scene. Yeah. Like, he is the most, like, dad. generic white American yeah. dad. Uh, and he sees the, uh, like, the, the heart locket. Yeah. And he just has, like, this, like, the shittiest look on his face of, like, I'm going to make this your problem. Yeah. yeah. So then he just goes, hey, you didn't wash your hands before you sat down to dinner. Even though he was just, like, cajoling her to sit down. Yes, to sit down. Like, he's why she didn't do that. Specifically, uh, he says, the, your hands, are, these hands are filthy. Yeah, yeah he, he gets he up and walks over. over to her and, like, grabs her hands like, oh, look how filthy your hands are. And, and then he uh, grabs obviously, the... Yeah. Implying all the stuff that, you know, she does, including right. the sex work. Yeah. Something that he has invoked. That he is in involved point, in. Yeah. Right. At one point, unknowingly hired her. Right, right. Uh, yeah, and it, I don't even know how much he knows about, like, the sex works. I think so much is just, like, you know, slut-shaming her for having two boyfriends when he's molesting her. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, he like you were saying, well, he grabs the finger that he's going to end up yeah, shoving the letter the under. Letter and oh, it's so great! He's and like, he just says, like, look at how look at far the... under your nail this dirt is. Yeah, it's, oh. Oh, it's disgusting. And then like he grabs the necklace and says like, oh, what's this? A gift from a lover? And he like starts pinching her cheek. And Sarah walks in at this point and is clearly like upset and trying to get him to stop, but isn't like. But I don't want to get hit over this, so yeah, uh huh. It is just such a fucking intense scene of just, like... It, oh, God. Like, they captured the dynamic they're going for so completely. It is so upsetting. I've been thinking about this scene for three days. Yeah. Yes. And it... The, one of the great things is if you're just listening to us and, you know, are not as good deliveries of these lines... Right. For, you know, because Ray Wise is a master. Yeah. Like, it does it so well in that... Like, he is, like, being shitty in a lot of ways, like, like that are very obvious, but, like, the words that he are, he's using are, like, very particular to cause the most distress towards her, yeah. but also not be on their face objectionable. Right, like, if you were describing this to somebody, all you could really say is he invaded her personal space in a way that, eh, you know, but he's your dad. Yeah. But, yeah. like, watching it, like, yeah, he is just, like, said and done the exact things to just completely break her. And yeah. then just sends her sobbing to the bathroom. Yes. And, like, yeah, he knows this, and Sarah knows this, and, like, she can't do anything about it because... Yeah. And Laura can't be like, hey, this just happened to with my dad, because my dad is like, oh, yeah, my dad gives me trouble, too. Right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, God, yeah, it's it's an incredible scene and a hard scene to watch. It's, yeah, it's... And then I fucking love the follow-up to it, which is we cut to later that night, Laura's just sitting in her room, and Leland's sitting in his room, and all of a sudden he starts crying and walks in and, like, hugs her and kisses her forehead. Like, clearly, he has, like, a side of him that is, like, full of shame about treating his daughter that way, but also doesn't actually apologize. No, he, he just doesn't tells apologize her he at all. Yeah, he just tells no. her he loves and her. And especially like how close he gets with that kiss. 
Yeah, yes. right. It's when like, you know what he's doing to her, the fact that he kisses her is, like, disgusting. Like, yeah. At, this sounds weird for me to say, but, like, as someone who's listened to a lot of stories about people who abuse... Through incest and abuse... Yeah. Like, they always think that they love this person. Right. And even... And, you know, that it's the same thing with abusive parents that control their kid. Yeah, yeah. It's like, even if, like, no matter how horrible there are, some, like, thing in their head... When even when it's so obvious that they don't love their kids, right, right, they, like, think, yeah, like, they think they do. They and think they do. It's also so much that fucking like fucking yo-yo that abusive people put people on, right? Where he abuses yes. her and then like love bombs her, basically, right? Yeah. Like and just like ruins her ability to like gauge the situation properly. Yeah, and so that she never knows what a situation is going to be going into it. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah, she's also afraid while he's holding her and, like, telling her he loves her. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, when he leaves, she starts crying, not because she's, like, thankful that he apologized or anything, but because it's horrifying. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also, uh, like, the, I kind of like that this movie gives, like, room for people to be wrong <laughs> about what Bob is. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because, like, you can interpret the scene as, like, oh, downstairs, that wasn't Leland, this is Leland. Right, that was Bob, and when he starts crying, that's when Bob leaves him. Right, that's when Bob leaves him, yeah. Uh, Right. But, yeah, no, clearly no. Yeah, it's all him. This is so, like, much better at walking that tightrope of Bob as a metaphor for abuse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, the evil that men do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, then, yeah, the TV show was just as kind of like, eh, Leland felt sorry. He, like, there was yeah, a ghost. we need to keep the show on the air, so... Leland was a good guy, actually, and he was just possessed by a ghost. Yeah, this yeah. movie doesn't really get into, like, the cycle of abuse and, you know, like, what is implied to happen to Leland as a kid. Right, they definitely imply it in the sense that, like, Bob wants to possess Laura next, and, like, yes. you know, it, that's the struggle she's got or whatever. But, yeah, it doesn't go into, like, well, Leland was a victim, too, when you think about it. Like, Leland is not a victim in this no, movie. No, he is not no. a victim. Yeah, and, like, there's a way where, like, you know, her going, I'd rather kill me, you know, kill me than become Bob, right. can be, like, seen as, like, such a horrible, like, like, oh, like, so if uh, an abuse victims just have to kill themselves or become abusers? Yeah, totally. But, like, this makes it clear that if someone had actually helped her and listened to her... Yeah. She could have got uh, out. She yeah. could have got out. Right, the problem is not that she had no options, it's that she had no options alone. Right, she had so many options that she tried, and none of them worked because nobody cared enough. Yeah, yeah. Um... As she's, like, crying, she looks up and sees, uh, like, a painting. Her room is very much like her mom decorated this room. Yes! It's, like, a very pink, frilly room. She's got, like, a painting of, like, little, like, cherub angels eating dinner at her, uh, on her wall. And she looks at that for a while and then remembers she left the haunted painting outside earlier and goes and gets it and hangs it up. Yeah, because, of course. Yeah. Yeah, well, Uh, an old lady told her it would look good on her wall. Yeah, uh, this, uh, it definitely looks like her room has not changed since her, like, mom set it up when she was a little, like, kid. Yeah, totally, totally. Uh, and she just kind of lays in bed, it's dark, and she stares at the painting until she falls asleep, 
And then we cut from the shot of the painting on the wall to the shot of the room in the painting. It's pretty seamless. It's, it's a pretty so good cut. Good. Yeah. Oh, God. I. Oh, it's so scary. <laughs> Nothing happens in this room, but I'm so scared. <laughs> yeah, I, I always wonder with those things. Like, did they shoot the room first and then, like, make the painting based on the first shot of that? That, like, must yeah. be. Yeah, I would think so. That makes yeah, the yeah. most sense. Right. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, this is... Again, not a lot happens in this in these rooms. It's just fucking scary as shit. Yeah, yep. we like the camera just kind of slowly goes through the open door, and we can see on the right red curtains, like the red rooms over there. But yeah. we go left where the uh, where Mrs. Chalfont is beckoning us further into another room that looks the same. Uh, I guess if you wanted to be like a lore head about this for some reason, you could be like, "Oh, this is the Black Lodge. This is what like." Because the red room is just the waiting room, right? This is the actual Black Lodge. Yes. Um, yeah. And we go deeper and deeper into just a dark room that Pierre is in. And you just kind of see the, the outline of his face in the light. And then he snaps his fingers and a fire lights off screen that illuminates him. He is extremely creepy in this. He's practicing He's such his a magic. creepy little boy. He's gotten really good at his magic. He's gotten really good at his magic. And we cut from that to the red room uh, to a fancy table that the uh, that Teresa's ring is on. And Cooper finds himself in this room. And uh, the man from another place is here. And he says, like, do you know who I am? I'm the arm. And I sound like this. And he does the same whooping that the waiter did in the finale. Yeah, we should mention this. Yeah, we talked about whether or not that was meant to be racist, <laughs> and uh, yeah. I did look. I did look at the script for Firewalk with me, and it does describe what he does as quote an Indian whoop. Yeah, uh, so. yeah, they d- and you know what they w- they heard me and they went full racist with it, <laughs> and it sucks because honestly, a it's a cool sound he makes, especially when it's backwards. It's just a weird like yeah, it, it just doesn't sound even sound like weird. a human voice. It sounds like a weird like they keep playing it over electrical lines and stuff, and that sounds correct. Uh, and also, I really like the arms, uh, like, performance on this, where he, like, starts doing it really vigorously, and then sees Cooper's not into it, and just kind of tapers off. Yeah. It's yeah. funny. And, yeah. The, and racist. Yeah, I was, like, almost, like, going, like, is this trying to be a bird call thing of, like, an owl? Hey, that'd be cooler. That'd be, like, a way, like, smarter way to go about this, but no, racism. Yeah. Uh, I was saying they should have done the Looney Tunes thing where he just puts his index finger against his lips and just goes like... (laughs) Same sound, basically. I don't know about that, but sure. (laughs) Anyway, he picks up the ring. Cooper looks at it and says, don't take the ring, Laura. Right, he, like, points the ring up to the camera because this sequence is, like, Laura's dream. And, yeah, Cooper's telling her, don't take the ring. Uh, But she has already taken the ring. And Yeah, she's kind of already taken the ring, hadn't she? Uh, yeah. but yeah, then she wakes up in bed and she's and grabbing she's, her wrist. Yeah, she's like, grabbing like her, wrist. her arm was doing the thing because yep. everybody does that. Yep. 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 And, uh, she sees that her door is shut and she looks over and Annie all bloody and in the dress that she gets put in, in the red room is yep. laying in bed with her. Yeah. Says, uh, my name is Annie. The good Cooper is, I, or I've been with Dale and Laura. The good Dale is trapped in the lodge and he can't leave. Write it in your diary. Yeah. And then, uh, which, uh, which was meant like, to be setting up for the Cooper movie in the trilogy that they never got to make. Uh, I think it's, it's just pr- great. It's, it's a creepy it's, line. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, a great it's creepy line. Here. Yeah. 
because uh, we've already established, like, the because this movie takes a lot of inspiration from The Secret Diary of Laura Palmer, the book. And, like, we've already established that book has, like, notes about pages being torn out. No, I guess the line about Cooper was just torn out or scribbled out or something. Whoops. Or she didn't write it down. Or she yeah. didn't write it in her diary, even though she was told to. Yeah. Why would uh, you do that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, honestly, if I didn't know that, like, we had the return coming up. Right. I would just, like... Yeah, like get that thing where she goes. Yeah, the good the good Coopers uh, can't leave, and I'm like, all right, that's the end. Like, there yeah, you go. the good Cooper can't leave. Yeah, like there's just a an evil Dale Cooper that's going to like, th- you know, this this will continue. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, then it like does the same. Like it cuts and redoes the shot of Laura looking around her room, but Annie's not there now, and that's when she starts freaking out, which I really like. Yeah, it's good. Like, she doesn't yeah. really react to Annie being in bed with her, but when Annie disappears, then she's like, whoa, what the fuck? Yeah. Uh, and then she opens up her hand, and the ring is in her hand. Yeah, that's when she really starts freaking out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then uh, she opens her door. Uh-huh. Oh, this fuck! And she looks back at the painting as it's, like, right open, and the she is now in the painting. Yeah, she's in the painting in the doorway, mirroring what she's doing in real life. Yeah. Uh, and oh. then there's just a shot of her in that doorway, and then she wakes up. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking, so fucking good. It's amazing. Yeah. And then, yeah, the ring's gone now. So, it also, it just completely fucking sucks. Yeah. What a just killer dream sequence. Yep. Ah, uh, so good. Uh, and then, yeah, she wakes up, looks at the haunted painting, is like... Well, that's going right off my wall. Yeah, I can't. I can't deal with this shit anymore. <laughs> I just love no. her wordlessly getting up, taking it off the wall, and setting it down face down. Like, yeah. nope, no, not no this. thanks. Uh, and then we see a little bit of fun Leo abuse. A little bit of fun Leo abuse. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's like yeah. I guess it's better than seeing Leo with Wyndham. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. And I guess you know the. I guess the idea of having this scene in here would be like, yeah, it's not just Laura, like, this is happening everywhere. Yeah. Kind of thing. Because, um, yeah, he's, like, in the movie, we just get, it cuts to him scrubbing the floor and he's just yelling, this is where we live, Shelly. And uh, then he, like, drags her to the ground and makes her start scrubbing. Yeah. Uh, the missing pieces scene is much longer and he's got a whole fucking, like, zen speech about, like, the art of cleaning. And yeah. then he gets abusive at the end of it. Yeah, and he yeah, does like he it's does weird. hit her. Yeah, he like hits yeah, her. He on hits the head. her in the scene in in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but and, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Bobby's calling for drugs. Yeah, he wants cocaine, and Leo's like, "Fuck you! You already owe me money." No. Uh, so Bobby calls Jacques instead. We get we get Jacques Renault back. We get a lot of Jacques. We get a lot of Jacques. We get a lot of Jacques. Heavy Jacques content in this movie. Uh, and he's still the same fucking creep he was in, like, the season one finale. He was like, maybe, Bobby, baby, I can help you. <laughs> I, I love that he manages to make A, like, super creepy. Yeah, uh-huh. And yeah, he basically, uh, tells Bobby he'll set up a big drug deal for him to get a bunch of cocaine. Uh, which Bobby's super into. Oh, yeah. He loves cocaine. Yeah. Loves cocaine. <laughs> He won't and he a bit, having, but... And he loves having cocaine to control Laura with. Okay. Uh, yeah, then we cut to that night. Uh, Laura is all dressed up. 
and uh, just having herself a drink when Donna comes over and Laura's like, eh, no, you're not part of this this section of my life. Get the fuck out of here. And uh, I think this play, this is another part where I think missing the Hayward scene kind of hurts the movie a teeny bit because I think it hits so much more when Donna's like, hey, remember I'm your best friend. Like, yeah, hey, the last scene I was in was me comforting you. Yeah, don't do Which remember. is still in the movie, but I think it would hit a little harder if you had that whole scene. Well, it's also extended with Donna comforting her. Because uh, Doc Hayward doesn't yeah. show up immediately. There's just more of yeah. them, you know, comforting right, each right. other. Totally. Uh, yeah, like, you get, like, the, like, you know, Laura, like, probably the, the one place where, like, Laura doesn't, like, fully extend, like, wanting to talk to someone about this is Donna. Yeah, and, a bit, yeah. And it is fully just because Lord doesn't want to see Donna corrupted. Doesn't want to see Donna corrupted, I feel like, is, like, worried that she can't talk about it with Donna, because that's... I mean, honestly, at this point, she's been conditioned to think no one's going to take her seriously if she talks about it. Oh, all, yeah, like, I'm not, again, not doing oh, it no, in no, a no. victim-blamey yeah. way. I'm just saying that, like, yeah. it, it is part of, like, the, the sadness in this. Totally. That no, Donna right. is trying to help. Yeah. Uh, but... Laura isn't letting her in as much, and Donna probably could not help even if she... Yeah, I was going to say, even if she opens up to Donna about this whole thing, Donna does not have, like, the power necessary to assist Laura with this problem. Because also, like, the end of that Hayward scene is just a shot of Doc Hayward looking sad. Like, he knows. Like, he knows. He maybe doesn't know exactly what's going on, but he gets the idea, and he's not doing anything about it. Yes. Yes. He knows that it is a bad situation at that house that she does not like going back to. Yeah, like, he's not stupid. He can see the way she deflates when her dad calls. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she kind of blows Donna off um, because she is going to the roadhouse to uh, pick up some guys for some sex work. Uh, and Donna kind of follows her. But first, yeah... Laura meets the log lady who just kind of walks in out of nowhere and just kind of puts a hand on her head and just gives her a log lady speech. I think this shreds. Yeah. No, it's good. She like, puts a hand on Laura's head and is like, you know, when uh, a fire like this starts, it's hard to put out and all the bows of innocence are burned up and all all that stuff. Yeah, no, it's good. It's really good. Um, I don't have yeah. much to say about it. It's just really good. And the way, like... Laura, like, puts her hand to her chest as if this is going to heal her, and then, actually, I'm going to go do my awful life again. Yeah, this is one to me, though, I agree it shreds, but, like, I feel so much in this scene of, like, hey, here's another person not helping Laura. The log lady understands on, like, a spiritual level what is happening, and all she's going to do is give you uh, a log lady intro to this episode, and then walk away. Yep. Like, take her back to your fucking cabin and make her some fucking cookies. But no. Do anything, ma'am. Do anything other than just give her, like, an enigmatic monologue. Listen, she's... Uh, Laura's gotta go listen to Mitski. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's gotta go. Julie Cruz is here singing a song, as she does. Um, and uh, Rest uh, in peace. Yeah, yeah, she passed away recently. Um... And yeah, Laura is just like clearly a, a combination of the song and the log lady's speech is just like cracked her and she is just like starting to cry in the bar. And then Donna walks in and sits at the bar and watches her and that just makes her cry harder. Yup. 
Yeah, not, and like, yeah. yeah, like that's such a great moment because, like, yeah, like Don, Donna is like choosing, like, no, I'm, I'm fucking with you. I'm in this yeah. with you, right? But like, also, I, like, Donna's with her, but she doesn't get it. She doesn't get that Laura is basically doing this as a form of self harm. Yes, and she, she's here because, like, well, no, this is what my friend does. I want to yeah, show her I, that I, I can be cool, my like friend. her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like I, I'm not here to like help her. I'm here to like be with her. Yeah, because she no. thinks that's what she needs. Yes, uh, and yeah, Laura kind of like gets herself together enough to just kind of like give Jacques a look that she's ready to have some guys sent her way, and uh, two guys come up to her and they start talking. Like Laura takes their money and then like grabs the guy by the crotch really hard in yeah. like, a painful way. Uh, and she just straight up says, "So you want to fuck the homecoming queen?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the one guy starts laughing. Uh, this, this is good casting for two of the greasiest motherfuckers. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. These guys suck so fucking bad. And uh, Donna walks up and Laura's like, what the fuck are you doing? Go away. Uh, but instead, Donna just grabs one of the shots off the table and drinks it because she's here to boogie. Yep. Yeah. And Laura at this point basically is just like, all right, motherfucker, let's go. Yeah, and fine. starts you making out with one of the guys. Yeah. Yeah. Starts making out with one of the guys, and Donna's like, okay, yeah, I can match this, and starts making out with the other guy. And then it cuts to the back room of the roadhouse. Or a whole different bar, depending on how canon the missing pieces are, I guess. I'm I like it sure... as the back room of the roadhouse. No, I'm pretty sure they go to Evil Canada. I think the spirit of Evil Canada is in this room, regardless of the location of it. Mm, I don't know about yeah. that. I uh, definitely, before I saw the missing pieces, I took this as, oh, this room has just been in the back of the roadhouse this whole fucking time. Yeah, it kind of does seem like that. Yeah. Yeah. I I like the idea that the roadhouse has, like, this shit going on right behind the door that they never go through, you know? Uh, I also uh, like that this is apparently a uh, a burlesque, like, but with a Tom Waits song. (laughs) (laughs) Again, not actually Tom Waits, it just sounds extremely like it. Yeah, the room is just lit by, like, pink light, and there's kind of, like, a strobe going off. Uh, the music is so loud that the scene has to be subtitled, because you can barely hear what they're saying. It's yeah. great. Uh, yeah. Apparently, uh, a lot of also that uh, Cheryl Lee interview was about the music, because I think they were doing a, like, vinyl box set at uh-huh. the same time. I gotcha. Uh, with the movie. Uh, yeah. And... Uh, she is saying that uh, David Lynch like blasted music. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. While they were filming this, basically until they had to like actually talk to each other. Yeah. Um. I think also originally this was not subtitled, and it was just a, this long fucking scene where you can't hear any of the dialogue. That and, that's probably too much for me. Yeah, and then David Lynch is yeah. like, "No, actually, what if you could uh, understand the words?" Yeah, what if? What if? Yeah, sometimes you want vibes, but this kind of needs explicit content here. Yeah, it, it's yeah. so long that like eventually I'd be like, "All right, I like did you I know, accidentally if this was turn subtitled at the Cannes Film Festival?" I'd start to get annoyed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but yeah, they're just all having a weird druggy. Yeah, well, I also like the subtitles because it really draw like this place isn't. Like a lodge space, but it's this weird. Like it's almost there, right? It's not the red room; it's the pink room, and you have to talk in subtitles to be understood. Sure. Yeah. Um. And yeah. Uh. And then it's all. It's also just the uh, 
scene from uh, Batman Begins where he's like, or no, the Dark Knight where he's like, why would I want to talk to you? <laughs> oh, sure, yeah, that nightclub, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just, I just like, I saw a reference to that scene recently. I'm like, what a weird scene. <laughs> yeah, Jacques back here. He's the great Went. And, That's uh, so true. And Blake yeah, is a fart. Yeah, uh, tomorrow's never going to get here because I'm blank as a fart and I'm going to mime shooting myself in the head. And Jacques uh, got a head start on the party. Yeah. Uh, Laura's the muffin, which is a total non sequitur in the movie, but is a callback to a missing <laughs> pieces scene. Oh, yes. Yes. It's, it's the Hayward scene again because they're, right. Donna and Laura are like joking back and forth about, like, you're the muffin. No, you're the muffin. No, you're right. I'm the muffin. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So uh, <laughs> they drug Donna's drink. Yeah, and I feel like Laura definitely sees them do that. Oh right? yeah, and she's like, "Yeah, fuck it. You want to be in on this? You're gonna have to deal with one of these." Right. Like, yeah, yeah. we've yeah, all like, done this. That like yeah, like that was like I was like a big like oh okay Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, they're all just yeah trading drinks back and forth, and yeah, they're slipping shit into the beer before they give it to Donna, and then. Uh, they start dancing with yeah, the, yeah, cause, the guys. Yeah, because Laura is like, drink up, Donna. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they all finish the beer that they're holding, and Donna has the one that's drugged. And then they all start dancing. Uh, Laura is like, yeah, fuck it, titties out. Yep. Uh, yeah, she just like throws her, her like yeah, jacket on the floor. Basically, every woman in this room is undressed in some in, to some extent. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, Laura drops her jacket on top of a lit cigarette, but it works out. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> I Don't just noticed. It. I just noticed yeah. it was just funny. And then we get like this weird POV shot through the room that then cuts to like Donna, like she's getting woozy from the drugs. Yeah. And um, I think she just kind of stumbles off and we like fade around to a different part of the room where Laura meets Renette, who she used to hang out with at One Eyed Jacks. Yeah. And yep. they, they mentioned Therese Banks. Yep. Yeah, yeah, because they say, like, oh, I haven't seen you since I got thrown out of One-Eyed Jacks. And when it says, well, what else did we ever do together? Oh, wait, I remember. Yeah. yeah. And, and they they're like, oh, about, yeah, it's yeah. almost a year since Therese Banks died. Yep. Yeah, and Jock's like, what What the fuck? What are you talking about? And they start talking about, oh, yeah, she was blackmailing somebody. She was going to get rich. It's too bad she died. That's yeah. probably unrelated. By the way, she asked about both your dads. Yeah, one time she called me and asked about your father's, and Laura's gonna be like, wait, what? But, it, like, yeah. the party just continues before she can interrogate it further. Yeah. Which, you see all of that in The Missing Pieces. I kind of like it just being this weird tossed-off bit. Same. So, like, if you're not paying attention, you kind of miss yeah. it. Yep. Which, I, I also, once they cut that scene, I'm sure he's like, you gotta, you gotta, like, know about that. Right, right. Uh, Donna finds Laura's jacket and, like, picks it up and ties it around her waist while she's dancing and making out with the shitty guy she's got. Yeah. Uh, Laura and Renette are, like, get, I'm trying to think if I'm skipping anything. They're getting, you know, no. eaten out by yeah. the other guy. Uh, no, you're we not can maybe anything. go through this a bit, like, just because, yeah, it's just, it's just party shit. It's just party shit, yeah. They're just sitting in a booth getting eaten out, and then Laura looks over and sees Donna basically doing the same kind of shit. Uh, but, like, it finally, like, gets through to Laura that she's dragged Donna into this. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, like, all of the lighting and all of the music stops. Yeah, and, like, the subtitles go away even though Laura is talking. She's screaming something at Donna, and she's, like, ripping the jacket off of her and, like, covering she, her up. Yeah, she's complaining about, uh, 
taking her jacket. Right, yeah, if you have subtitles on, you get what she's saying, which is that, yeah. Yeah, that don't ever wear my stuff. Don't wear my stuff. As she's putting the stuff on Donna to cover her up. Yeah. Um, which I guess is meant to be like a callback to the Corruption TF sunglasses. Yeah, the Corruption TF sunglasses. Donna, yeah, why would like, you do this? It's so, it's like, yeah, like all part of this fucked up scene, but like, she puts something on Donna and the guy just like immediately like looks over and takes it off. Takes it off. He's like, hey, dude, yeah. I paid for this. Yeah. And she's like grabbing Jacques to like push the guy away from her. Yeah. I do like the, the final shot of this is just like the panning shot of a million cigarette butts on it's the floor. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, we get some classic Twin Peaks shots, some rustling trees, some mountains, and then we cut over to... Something. Laura's place. Right. Uh, or is this yeah. Donna's place? I can't tell. It's but, Donna's oh, no, place. It's Donna's place, and uh, yeah. and uh, Leland has come to pick Laura up. Right. Laura has brought Donna home. Donna doesn't really remember what happened uh, last night, but she's the, the, clearly like fucked up about it. Yeah, the thing that she remembers most is, why were you yelling at me to not wear your clothes? She's yeah. like, were you like, mad at me for wearing your stuff? And she was like, don't ever be like me. Yeah, she's just saying, like, yeah, I don't want you wearing my stuff. I don't want you to be like me. And Donna, like, breaks down crying and asks Laura why she does that. And Laura doesn't answer her. Yeah. Yep. Like, Laura's not willing to open up about Bob with somebody. Hey, maybe if Harold hadn't fucking been an asshole, maybe this is where she would have told somebody. Maybe. Well, also, Leland then walks in. Yeah. Well, that's true. She doesn't really get a chance. Like, she maybe was about to, but Leland walks in and she can't. Yeah. And Uh, then he's like, oh, remember that time I was about to fuck my daughter? Yeah, because he looks at Donna and uh, Laura holding each other and kind of, like, smiles a bit, but then he thinks about seeing Donna and Renette in lingerie. Ah! Yeah, nightmare. Nightmare. And just immediately, yeah, he's like, oh, uh, hey, honey, we gotta go. And, uh, yeah, they get in the car and are driving down the street. We start getting the arm sound again as this, like, camper behind them is just driving super erratically and tailgating them. Yeah, and I, they I was a, like yeah. really looking. I'm like, that's Mike. That's Mike. That's Mike. Hell yeah, it's Mike, baby. I didn't see uh, it was Mike. I was like, what the fuck is happening? Uh-huh. Uh huh. They hit a red light where there's like a logging truck stopped ahead of them. Or is that even a red light? It's that there's an no, old man crossing sign. the street. Yeah, yeah. And like it again. David Lynch loves him a slow old man. He loves it. Well, this is a load bearing slow old man. It's a load-bearing slow man. It's also very clear, like, weird lodge shit. Like, this old man is here in order to stop the traffic. Sure, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't even know about that. But, oh, yeah, also, Laura starts complaining that she smells burning. Yeah, she smells yes. something burning. It's so good. It's, is the engine on fire? It smells like something's burning. Right, and uh, Mike pulls his camper up alongside Leland and just starts screaming in his face. The music is... So loud, you can't really make out what he's saying. He's saying, like, you stole the corn! Yeah. Uh, so fucking good. It's so and, good. Yeah, like, talking about how, like, his, the thread of destiny, like, will, like, take him down. The thread will be torn, Mr. Palmer! <sighs> yeah, don't you know what you've done? And we're getting, like, rapid fades to white and cut to, like, a barking dog. And, like, there's just so many dissonant noises. It's horrible. And then he, like, starts talking to Laura and just is yelling, uh, like, don't you understand? It's your father. And, like, before he can get it out, Leland just starts screaming so she can't hear him. Yep. Yeah. And then he just, like, pulls out around the logging truck and just, like, 
guns his engine and pulls into uh, like a mechanics place. And Mike is and... wearing the ring. Yeah, Mike's yes. wearing the ring and like wagging it in his in uh, Leland's face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, then they just kind of sit there and like decompress because whole movie's a panic attack, but that sequence especially is just a panic attack on film. Yep. So they just pull like, into the yeah. uh, place across the street, uh-huh. um, and Leland the whole time was like s- holding the brakes down and slamming on the gas. Yeah. Uh, to uh, maybe try and disguise the fact that you know the Bob uh, smell is happening. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Laura's and horrified, also, and Leland like, pulls into that the... place. Yeah. Because yeah. Laura's also almost more horrified by the way her dad was like white knuckling the steering wheel and just like was just full of like rage while Mike was talking. Yes. Then she was afraid of Mike. Yes. Uh because yeah, then he like turns to her and is like, Are you okay, honey? And she's like, Are you okay? Jesus Christ. Yeah. And then we cut like right from Leland looking into the camera to uh Teresa Banks photo in Flesh World. Yeah. And him going, You oh, look God. just like Mike my, my Laura. Oh, oh, oh it's so gross. It's so bad. <laughs> and then yeah, it cuts to them like in bed after having had sex, and uh he's like, Oh, I'll be back in town again soon. Maybe next time we can party with those friends you mentioned, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And then he uh kiss- starts kissing her and then covers her eyes and just goes, Who am I? And she goes, and she I says, don't know. <laughs> that's right. Which, oh. again, like, that's more shit that, like, That to allows me, you t- to be wrong. Yeah, allows you to be wrong? Yeah, totally. And But also tears down the wall between Bob and Leland to me. Because, like, no, Leland is, like, reveling in being unidentifiable. Yes. 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 Like, Bob is, like, that anonymity that he, like, just... That, that enables his violence. Yeah, that he is allowed. Yes. 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 And then, uh... Like, from the present, uh, uh, Laura Palmer, like, says, like, Dad, and he, like, in the flashback, like, looks over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's really good. And, yeah, he, she's just yelling about, like, I, I feel like I've seen that guy before somewhere. Do I know him? No, honey, you don't know him. Do you know him? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then he immediately goes back into the flashback, where now he's getting ready to meet with those other friends. And it's Laura and Renette, the shot we saw before, and he immediately just does a U-turn and walks away, but he runs into Teresa on the way out, and he's just yeah. like, I chickened out, here's your money, bye. Yeah. yeah. And, like, she and, walks uh, into the room and is like, well, he left, but here's all our money, so. Yeah. Uh, and, and, also, for us. and also, the little boy uh, comes out when. Yes. Yeah. That's great shit. It's yep. so good. As Leland's walking away, the uh, yeah Pierre in the mask, uh, holding the weird wand, the jumping man head, uh, just runs out and starts jumping around like the jumping man, yep. while just a weird distorted voice that you can't even understand without subtitles just keeps going, Black dog runs at night. Black yeah. dog runs at night. Yep. Over and over. Um, it's so good. Yeah. Also, I, I it makes it pretty clear that Leland did not chicken out because it was Laura. He chickened right. out because people would know. Yes, yes. totally. Yes, yes, yes. Um, uh, also, the missing pieces definitely make it seem like these three fucked afterwards. Oh, oh they, they all absolutely, they absolutely fucked did. Afterwards. Yes. You make that much money? Yeah, I'm fucking. <laughs> yeah, and like the Pierre stuff, I feel like, you know, you have the jumping man, like, having making all these weird violent faces and like jumping around violently. 
And then you have the little kid that was afraid of him before now imitating him. It feels very much like referring to, like, the Laura becoming Bob stuff, right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Um, then we cut yeah, back to the and, present. Yeah, like, he, uh, Leland, like, very visibly, like, snaps out of that flashback and just goes, like, oh, huh, that was wild, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. And Laura works up the nerve to ask him if he came home during the day last week. And he's like, what? No. This is really? the moment it- where you're like, oh, he's gonna kill her. Like, yeah. this is this is the moment he, where you, you asked one too many questions. Yeah, he looks o- at, over at her, and it he just has, like, a look of such, like, hatred. Yeah. That, like, I feel like oh. this is the moment when you know he can kill her. I feel like the yes. moment where he's gonna kill her is later. Yeah, uh, that might be fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because she's like, I thought I saw you. And then he immediately goes like, Oh, right. Yeah, no, I did come by real quick. Uh, yeah, where were you? I didn't see you. Yeah, I didn't yeah. see you. And she's like, I was just down the street. Yeah. Which, technically true. You got yeah. me there. Yeah. It's, yeah, God, both these yeah, actors just fucking kill this movie. It's so good. She is saying this as an accusation. Totally, yes. And yep. he is doing this as like, oh, you're right. I was at, you know, at the grocery store last week, right? You right, did- right. Yeah, uh, but also like he knows what he was doing in the oh, house. Yeah. He yeah. he knows, and he just he... thinks he can get away with lying about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It cuts to that night where Laura is thinking about Mike wagging the ring in their faces, and then he she realizes she saw that ring when she hung out with Teresa Banks, yep. and in her dream, it's yeah. all the same ring. What the fuck? Uh, and then she just looks up at her ceiling where just a light's flickering, because that's what happens. <laughs> yeah. Evil shit. Yeah, and she's just starts saying, like, who are you? Uh, it's, yeah. And then is this where we get into, like, you know, the shit? Uh, yes, this is where uh, we see Teresa get murdered. Right, that's right. Yeah, we see Leland pacing around angry in the living room, and then it flashes back to him murdering Teresa Banks. It's like... You know, the same scene from the opening credits, but shot so we see the people involved. Yeah. And, yeah, and we just, yeah, keep cutting back to Ray Wise's sweaty face. Yeah, and, like, again, showing Ray Wise in this makes it very clear, like, you know, who was in control. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yes. Yes is yes. Because uh, he, he is actively, here's the thing, uh, the TV show suggests that he wasn't really conscious of the things he was doing. There's so many scenes in this movie of Ray Wise sitting there thinking about the things he's done. Yep. Yeah. And the fact that the reason why he killed Teresa is blackmail. Yes. Is because she was figuring out that, oh my God, the person who has been paying me is Laura's dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why he... And she thinks that he chickened out because, you know, the obvious reasons. Right. Oh, I thought that, um, I thought she was blackmailing the drug dealer guy. Oh, no, no, yeah, she was blackmailing Leland. Okay. Yeah, that she makes sense, too. Leland. Yeah, that, that's why she was asking Jacques what Ronette and Laura's parents looked like, so she could figure who that guy was. I see, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he felt like he was being careful and covered his tracks, and Teresa caught him, and that's why she had to die. Yeah. Yeah, like, that, like, if Bob was just, like, in control all the time. Right. Or, you know, like, was forcing him to kill people. It would just be, like, 
a random person known to care about. He did this very purposefully. Yeah. The only way it works is if Bob is in control 100% of the time, at which point that's a distinction without a difference. Yep. Yep. Uh, but now we get uh, the scene of the big score. We do get the scene of the big score. Uh, yeah, they go out to the woods. Holy shit. <laughs> this scene rules. I've said this a lot, but I love it. The thing about it, this movie is that it rules. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, it's pitch black out here other than the big flashlight Bobby's got. Uh, both Bobby and Laura are super drunk. Uh, Laura even more than Bobby. She is just, like, cackling and, like, dancing to the shitty rock and roll music they've got playing. Yeah. Uh, I, I like... She... It's like... Go ahead. Again, all ensconced in shittiness, but, like... I like the little, like, fun, like, couple moment of her, like, shittily dancing, and he's like, all right, yeah, all right, yeah okay. Yeah. yeah I yeah, also love when cute. she, like, falls over and then goes like, Bobby, I found a, a pine cone. Just because that's such a, like, <laughs> drunk teenager yes. thing to do. Yeah. It's so like, funny. I remember laughing at shit like that when I was Laura's age. Yeah, it's just, like, such a, like, you know, they're doing cocaine and stuff, but, like. Right. Which, you know, I'm sure other kids my age did, but I didn't. Yeah. But, uh. Like, yeah, it's just, like, a, a, it's these brief flashes of, like, normalcy. Yeah, Even yeah. though it doesn't seem like what we would consider normal in this, you know, yeah. small town right. idea that's idyllic. Uh, but that make all of the shit around it happening to her hurt that much more. Yeah, again, it's immediately clear what she gets out of the relationship with Bobby. Uh, rest and in like, peace, Laura Palmer. You would have loved Invader Zim. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> Laura Palmer would have loved Invader Zim. She would have loved Invader Zim is the thing. <laughs> oh, she would have been a girl hoodie. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Just the backwards speak with I love waffles. <laughs> <laughs> God. We found a joke, everyone. We did it. <laughs> there we did, we did it. Anyway, yeah, uh, Bobby is getting annoyed with her because he's getting nervous about the drug deal. And, uh, hey, who emerges from the woods but Deputy Cliff from Deer Meadow? Yep. Yep. Hey, I, I, For guy. a second, I thought that this was evil can, uh, Canadian guy. Then it what looks happens, like happens. the evil Mountie. Oh, it does look a little like the evil... Oh, you're, it does look like the evil I Mountie. I wonder if it's the same guy. I, I oh. wonder... I would not be surprised if this is another brother situation. Yeah. Sure. But, like... I thought that was him, and then uh, and then what happens in this scene happens. Yeah, and I was uh, like, oh, it's not him. Cliff reaches into a pocket and pulls out the big bag of cocaine, and then reaches for his gun, and Bobby reaches for his gun and kills him. Yes. And hey, what do you know? Bobby did kill a guy. Bobby killed a guy. Bobby like, killed Mike. What? Very... Yeah, I don't know why she says that, but well, so yeah, like. The gunshot kind of sobers Laura up, and she freaks out. It's like, oh my god, Bobby, what the fuck did you just do? As you're seeing, like, his brain splayed out across oh, yeah, the floor. Oh, yeah, it, it is nasty. Explicit. Yeah. And they go over to the body, and Laura looks at Bobby very seriously, and then cracks up laughing again, and keeps teasing him while he is panicking, trying to bury this body as shittily as anybody's ever tried to bury a body. Yep. And then he, like, yells at her to leave him the fuck alone and help him bury the body. And then she just goes... She she turns serious again and goes, Bobby, 
do you realize what you just did? You killed Mike. And they start yelling at each other, and he goes, this isn't Mike. Wait a second, is this Mike? Hold on. Oh, fuck, did I kill Mike? Wait, did I kill Mike? Uh, which, to me, they are both very drunk and very high and can't even tell for sure which guy this is. Which makes me wonder whether Bobby actually killed a guy or not. No, Bobby definitely killed a guy. He might have killed a guy. I think Bobby killed a guy, but also I think, like, the way that it's phrased in, like, the TV show is like, oh, Bobby's dangerous. Bobby's... Right. But, like, this makes it much more clear that it was, like, a moment of, like, he, you know, hot shot first in this. Like, the you know, the, the guy pulled the gun on him. Right. And Bobby, like, it was self-defense, and he is horrified at it. Right, yeah. right. I think this, more than anything, sobers Bobby up. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like killing how- guys, like, maybe the cocaine isn't worth it. Yeah, like... Maybe it's best if I just try to get out of this as cleanly as possible. Right, right. Yeah, it's, uh... I'll just, I'll pay Leo, and then I'm out of here. Yeah. Um... And then I'll fuck Leo's girl, and then everything is fine. (laughs) Right, and then I'll get a job with Mr. Horn. Who's not in this movie, because Richard Bymar was like, no thanks. (laughs) Also, why would he be in this movie? Yeah. Cause they cause fucking Norma's in this movie. I know they like I know they wanted everyone, but a lot of right. this is like uh, Laura interacted with like six people. Like you right. don't need everyone. I mean to be fair, one of those six people was Richard Horn. Or not Richard Horn. Who the Richard fuck is Horn? Richard Who Horn? Who the fuck is Richard Horn? Who the fuck is Richard I don't know. Horn? He I Luke? do not know. Ben Horn. Luke. What? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, Ben Horn is one of those people she interacted with, but also, you know, we got Maybe not in the last I don't week. Need it. Yeah, yeah, it, it's not necessary by any means. Like, this is even then. This is a limited scope, and you, it, totally. it does not need to cast a wide lens over Twin Peaks. We are watching Laura Palmer. I agree one hundred percent. I'm not missing him. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I'm just, I'm just saying for people who might think that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, uh, Cliff is not played by the guy that plays the Mountie. Kind of looks like him though. They do kind of look alike. I'll give you that. Uh, uh, yeah. James comes over. Uh, to see Laura, and she is just not into it today. She's not having it. Right. It's, God, not to harp on it, the, the, that whole sequence in the woods is so weird, because, like, we just cut into it, and then cut out, and it fe- it feels like it's from a different movie, almost, even though it's all the same characters. It's just, like, got a such a weird energy, and, like, it gets really bloody and violent in a way the rest of the movie doesn't. It's, ah. It then we're feels- just back with James. Yeah, it feels like out of more of a Coen Brothers thing than a David Lynch. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the way, like, the only light in the scene is, like, the flashlight, and it's, like, shitty the way a flashlight is shitty. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, James is here, and he's trying to talk to her, like, oh, when can I see you again? I'm a sad boy still, and even in this movie. Uh, and, and, uh, and then, yeah, Leland is just there. Yeah, Leland just standing oh, on so the scary. Uh huh. Just being a dad. It is, uh,. Part of what makes me love Ray Wise's performance in this movie so much, and just, like, the way he's framed and everything, is that, like, half the scenes are him being the devil, and, again, half of them are him being, like, generic 50s sitcom dad. Like, this scene in isolation isn't him doing anything threatening or scary. It's, there'd be a laugh track under this moment in a different, like, thing. And, like, oh, yeah, it's the, like, you know, 
guy with the motorcycle, like, showing up to talk to my girl, and I'm gonna stand here and be like... Right. You know, better have my daughter back by, you know, seven. Yeah, yeah, and it very much just, like, ties up the whole fucking, like, way that family structure enables the type of abuse Leland commits. Yep. Yes. It's it's good. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, uh, we get some of... I, I actually just realized this now. This is uh, Leland t- drugging yes. Sarah. Yeah, yeah when she... he puts his hand on her hand when she goes to stop drinking and, like, yeah. tips it back into her mouth. Oh, it's so nasty. Yeah, I yep. just realized that. Like I, was like, I was like, holy shit. Yeah, like you said, yeah, they do. He does drug Sarah, like they said in the TV show. Um, there is a missing piece of scene where, like, she's asking Laura where her sweater is that she's wearing. Yeah. And then yeah. Sarah has a breakdown because... Like, the implication being that because of the drug, she's, like, has memory issues, uh, Mm -hmm. which is upsetting. But, you know, again, I think this scene gets the point across. You don't need that. Yeah, if you you know what happened in the TV show, this is, that is just enough. This makes it very clear. And if uh, it's not clear enough, she hallucinates a horse in, like, two minutes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, no, if you're me and you missed it the first time you watched this movie. (laughs) Right. Oh. Yeah, uh, um, and then Laura goes and uh, does three lines of cocaine. Laura does three lines of cocaine, then rolls over to go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, listen, she knows what's about to happen. Well, yes, that is true. Yeah, no, uh, especially when Leland walks out of the room and just turns on the fan. Turns on the fan. Oh, <sighs> and then the soundtrack to this scene is just the woof 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 of the fan. Yeah. Oh my god. And like, yeah, it's not. Obviously, the fan makes almost no sound in reality. It's not like that fan is actually drowning anything out. But no. because oh, yeah, of the way but it is, because of the way it's shot, it's almost implying that that's the purpose the fan is serving. Yeah. Yes. When the fan is um, on, bad things are happening. Everyone knows this. Yeah. Uh, Sarah falls asleep reading a book on how to speak German, and wakes up and yeah sees um the white the horse. horse in yep. her bedroom, uh which yeah just fades in and fades out. That horse, no good. Yeah. Yep. I, I I did like the scene of Leland forcing them to learn Norwegian. I kind of like that scene. I could... Here's the thing. There's two dinner scenes in this movie. There's the one we already talked about, and I guess there's the breakfast scene right after this. That it, And I could almost see putting that scene super early on to give it like a three-act structure of like, hey, here's the whole family together and happy. Here's that breaking real fucking bad. Here's the aftermath of it. I don't think you need it, but I could see the argument for putting the scene in the movie, you know? Yeah, but I don't like it. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, she sees this, the... this scene is just deeply, deeply uncomfortable. Yeah, this is a rape scene. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, just like she described, Bob climbs through her window. Frank Silva, still very scary. Scary man. Yeah. Yeah. And just starts climbing up on top of her, like rubbing his face on her leg and, like, just kissing her, and it's so... It's so upsetting. And also, like, she's not, like, fighting it, you yeah, know? Yeah, no. She's she's no. not fighting it. Yeah. No, this has been... Again, it's been happening since she was 12, so... Yeah. This is just part of her life. Yeah. And, yeah, she's just asking, who are you, over and over and over. Right. He, like, climbs on top of her. We don't literally see it, but clearly he's raping her. And yeah. she grabs him by the face and says, who are you? And Bob tells her who he is. Yep. 
He's her dad, and he always has been. Yeah, like, and as, like, they do a lot of, like, good cutting where for sometimes, like, from, like, the back, you see, like, just a little bit of Bob's head, and you can see that it is Leland's hair, that it is Ray Wise in that scene now. Right. This, to me, is, like, yeah, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, I was just saying, like, yeah, like, and then it, like, the, the next cut, it's back to Bob. Right. This to me, we've talked about it a bunch, but this is, like, the number one shot of, like, yeah, no, Bob and Leland, Bob is not an excuse for Leland. You ask Bob who he is, and his answer is Leland. Yes. They're the same fucking guy. Yeah. And, like, they're not, because Bob is, like, cosmic and beyond a single person or whatever, but also, yes, they are. Yeah. Like, they're separate and the same at the same time. Uh, and, again, uh, Cheryl Lee, one of the best screamers in the biz. She is, uh, incredibly good at screaming. This is a weird thing to say, but I, she has, like, somehow the ability to, like, control the, like, the spit in her mouth. Yeah. In a way that when she, like, opens up her mouth and looks up in certain ways. Uh Uh-huh. It's, like, in the TV show, too, like, where it just look, makes it look, like, inhuman, where it's, like, all these, like, crisscrosses. Yeah. And yeah, uh, this and breakfast scene also sucks. Surprise. Yeah, it cuts to the next morning. Leland's feeling great. And Laura is just, like, broken. She's, like, so small in her chair. She's, like, just hunched over, just, like, picking at her bowl of cereal. It's heartbreaking. And yeah, Sarah is right in the middle and clearly knows everything that is happening, but doesn't want to say anything. Yeah, because eventually both Leland and... Uh, uh, Laura get up from the table and the camera just sticks here and just zooms in on Sarah just like smoking and staring off into the middle distance. Yep. And yep. like that tells you everything you need to know. Um, it was interesting. I was reading an interview with Grace Zabriskie uh, who feels very strongly like, listen, I guess, yeah, you could say that Sarah's also a victim, but like, like she's, she's kind of doesn't like Sarah and like feels like she needed to do more to protect Laura. Which is yeah. interesting to hear from her. Yeah. Because, like, it's like, the interviewers are like, well, no, I mean, it was an, ab- like, Leland was an abuser, and he was abusing both of them. It's like, okay, but I'm an adult, and she's a yes, kid, but the, and I yes, should be protecting her. but I should her. be protecting her, removing yeah. her from the situation, you know. Uh, like, yeah, maybe I'm a victim, too, simple, but. but uh, you're right, yes, that's, it's complicated. But yes, no, absolutely, I, I understand where she's coming from. Uh, because if you stand by while your child is being attacked like this, you are not just as evil, but it is an you're evil act. It to an yes, you're an yeah. enabler. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I think this is good a time as any to bring this up. Yeah, we don't need to talk about it for very long. In fact, David Bowie would prefer we don't talk about it at all. But what do you feel about Judy in this movie? Do you have any idea what is even like being gestured at with that? Is that uh, the name the of the... Go ahead. Is that the name of the quote-unquote groupie? What groupie? Uh, the, the 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 young the 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 teenager that David Bowie is uh, suggested to have. Oh, I mean, yeah. In the missing pieces, yeah. There's a scene where he's like, "Hey, is there a message from Judy for me at that hotel?" And he's like, "Ah, oh, yes, yes. Here's a letter." Uh, yeah. But also, who knows what's going on with that, because it's David Bowie. Molly, were you going to say something? The only thing I had was uh, when Garland mentioned Judy Garland. That is true, because also, you, it's another thing where you can't really pick it out unless you have the subtitles on. When Laura dies, it cuts to a shot of 
the monkey that was behind the mask. Yeah. And it it's dubbed over and it just says Judy. Yeah. Into the like, so like it's clear that it's not just a weird non sequitur. It means something important because that's how you punctuate the climax of the movie. I I yeah. Go ahead. My only guess would be that it was either a victim long like from a while ago or a yeah. future victim. Yeah. Yeah, maybe um, the victim that uh Phillips was investigating. Yeah, I'll say one popular interpretation is like Bob is the villain of this movie and Judy is someone we don't talk about who's absent and you could if Leland is Bob, maybe Sarah is Judy and it's the it like that represents the evil of like not even the evil but like the the inaction that's enabling Bob. Sure. Uh yeah. I don't know. Uh, I, I thought you were going more, and when you mentioned David Bowie, that like, isn't it weird that this and like upsetting maybe that this movie that's about oh, sexual sure. abuse of a minor? Right. He's he's had sex with minors. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that about David Bowie. Yeah, it's weird because yeah, we don't need to get into it. <laughs> yeah, uh, we, yeah. We, we like I have already spent enough time on stuff. So if we could move on, that would be lovely. <laughs> That'd be lovely. Yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah. Laura goes up to her room and uh, Leland is like, "Hey, what's wrong? Why are you so upset?" And she just kind of like through her teeth, just says, "Stay away from me," and walks away. Yeah, and, and this to me is the moment where she's dead. Yeah, we yeah. we mentioned the scene before where he just yeah like slowly moves his head. And it, yeah. yeah, it's clear that she is going to get murdered. He knows what angle will make his head look the most evil, and he adjusts his head accordingly. It's like the opposite of get me at my best angle. Right, yes. yes. He gets himself at his worst angle. Yeah. Uh, uh, and yeah, she kind of stumbles out of the house, and it's sort of the same shot that we opened the Laura Palmer section of the movie on, except the camera's way more wobbly, and we keep cutting to the power lines running overhead, and we get, like, cuts of static. Yeah, it is so blown out, and then we cut to her at school, and yeah, this is like such a ex- example of no one helping because she is so clearly extremely fucked up and extremely distraught, and yeah, and nobody Jay- says a word, and James is framed behind her the entire time. Yeah, he's yeah. like blurry. You can't like he's not the focus of it, but I'm watching him now, and yeah, he's like, uh, you okay? And then the bell rings, and he just leaves. Yep. Yeah. Like, and no one actually yeah. is caring, and, like, she's, like, crying. Yeah. yeah. And this, no one asks. This is so much like the uh, scene at the school in the pilot where everybody's crying in the classroom. Right. Because she's It's, like, the there. reverse of that. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, the yeah. reverse of that. It's so like, It almost, like, it, it cuts from her getting up from her desk to what I think is the shot of her empty desk from the pilot. Yeah, I think yes. so. It, it's yeah, so good. It is an example of, you know, th- they mourn her when she is gone. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then it cuts to Laura in Bobby's basement, and he's trying to make out with her, and she's just saying, no, please, not tonight, I just need cocaine. And yep. he's like, alright, that, that that's why you keep me around, right? <laughs> right. Like, his feelings are clearly hurt in a way that is sort of valid, but also... But also, like, you are keeping her on the cocaine leash, so... Also, you're keeping her on the cocaine yes. leash, and you do not understand what she's going through, so shut yeah, the no. fuck up. Yeah, yeah, and you are not even trying to care about her, so... Yeah, yeah. No, uh, yeah. it's right. Yeah, yeah I, Bobby is being a little monster to her himself, but I feel like he doesn't totally understand that. Yeah, because I think from his perspective, what he tells Jacoby in the show is like she manipulated me and forced me to get into drug dealing so she could have cocaine. Right. He. Yeah. Yeah. 
when, like, I don't think that's how Laura would describe the situation. No. 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 And I bet Bobby wanted the money from it, too. I'll bet he did. Yeah. Um, and and then, um, God, he asks her, like, she's like, um, I, I just needed to get through tonight. And he asks her where she's going, and she starts crying and says, home. And it's like, ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, the missing pieces has like a much longer bit here. Major Briggs is in this scene. We're like, yeah, he's just quietly reading the book of revelation to his wife, yeah. uh, which I think is probably meant only about the to angels. Ex- I assume. Does he mention the pale horse? I don't remember what all he says, but I'm, I'm wondering if the point of that is to clue people into what the horse is supposed to represent. Um, the missing pieces do not have subtitles. And again, I could not hear it very right, well. So right. I don't know what he said. Yeah. I don't yeah. know why they're not subtitled. That's bizarre. Uh, um, on the Criterion like website, they are subtitled. So I oh, maybe weird. they should have put that on the fucking That's disc. Even then, huh? weirder. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I was talking to Molly. Criterion is weird about subtitles. Oh, okay. It's like one of like my biggest complaints about them. It's something I've literally wrote them about. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because even getting the subtitles on the movie is hard. Yeah, yeah. Um, like there's not a menu option for subtitles. It's weird. Anyway, uh, yeah, Laura goes home. Her mom says good... Well, go ahead. Yeah, I, I, I was just kind of speeding along. Okay, yeah, her mom says good night, sweetheart, which in the pilot is what she says is the last thing she ever said to Laura. Yep. Um, uh, and uh, she's, like, getting dressed to go meet Jacques up at his fuck cabin, which they talked about back in the pink room. Yep. Uh, James calls and is being a sad boy into the phone at her. Yeah. And uh, she's just like, all right, okay, I'll meet you in 15 minutes. And like, she keeps having to like fuck with the phone and has to keep repeating herself. Yeah, because she doesn't have the phone on right because she's fucking drunk as hell and high out of her mind. And also and trying to like put stockings on while talking, yeah, while on the talking phone. to him. Yeah, uh, and that's the, the struggle. She, the yeah. second she like hangs up, he's just like, she's just like, why the fuck did I do that? Why that? That was a bad idea. Why did I say yeah. I'd meet him in 15 minutes? Like, it's the most relatable Laura is. Yeah. Like, yeah, I've done that so many times. <laughs> I, li- listen, at the end of the day, I love this bitch. Oh, yeah, listen, she's great. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, Laura is just a, a fantastic character. Yeah. yeah. I love her to death. Uh, so she finishes getting her uh, stockings on, and she gets up, she's getting ready to go. And she looks over at that painting of, like, the angel banquet from before. Yeah. I guess it's one angel serving a bunch of other children food. Yeah. Well, and it's, like, one kid that is younger, and then yeah. a kid dressed up in a suit, and then a kid dressed up in a dress. Oh, that's true. You're. Oh, shit, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, um, yeah, it is her guardian angel looking over Right, and her the family. angel disappears from the painting. Yep. Yes. It just fades out while she's staring at it, and yeah. she is... Too high to deal with that. Yep. Uh, but yeah, she... I mean, she knows what that means. Yeah. Again, again like, since the beginning of this movie, Laura Palmer yeah. knows that she is going to die. Totally. Yeah. There is no world in which, like, she got out of this house alive. Yep. Yeah. Or at least not alone. Right. And she right. is. So... Yeah. Uh, so James pulls his motorcycle up, she climbs out her window to meet up with him and gets away, no one notices she's gone, except, mm, start hearing that fan again. Yep. And we get a low frame rate, slow-mo Leland Palmer sticking his head out the window. Uh, 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 yeah. Hate it. Hate it. No good. Uh, so James drives Laura out to the woods, and we get a scene that is basically, like, the mirror of the James and Donna scene from the yes. end of the pilot. Yes. Yeah. 
it is like I, shot the same way where it's like pitch black except for their faces and they're having the same kinds of conversations. Yeah, I posted I unknowingly I posted a frame of this when I posted her flipping James off and then a picture of someone flipping off a sad dog. <laughs> <laughs> I still stand by it. Uh, yeah. uh this is also I think where we get one of the most devastating lines of this entire movie. Yeah, oh, your Laura is gone. Your Laura is gone, and I'm all that's left. Yeah. yeah. Ugh. So good. Uh, also, James does his sad boy stick at Laura, and she just kind of like, yeah, and slaps yeah. him. She just makes fun of him and slaps him. It's so good. Go off, Queen. I love Laura you. Laura would be right here with us dunking on James. Yep. <laughs> God, I love yeah, her. Yeah, like, she is clearly like, you're, like, I, I know where this is going, and your usefulness to me has, like, gone. Yeah, right. you're, you're the the window where you could have helped me is over. Like, well, and it's another bit where like the this teenager is trying to like do a teenage romance scene with her, and she's like, "Motherfucker, that is so far beyond what it, like matters to me right now." Yeah, yeah. And he and keeps after, going like, "Well, you're only hurting me because you love me." Yeah, right. Like, after he she mocks him and slaps him, and he's like. Smiles like, well, they say you only hurt the ones you love. Like, dumbass. Yeah. Yeah, like, you stupid motherfucker. I think James, in his terrible idiot way, is trying to be like, yeah, listen, you're just lashing out and I'm here for you anyway. But he's a dipshit, so but that's he's how an it idiot. Comes out. Yeah, he can't get yeah. it. Yeah. 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 He just can't get there. And also yeah. doesn't know the seriousness of the situation. Right, right. And uh, yeah, so he says, I know you love me. She flips him off. He grabs her and starts kissing her deeply, and she just goes limp, and he kind of pulls back, and she just kind of, like, glares daggers at him, just, I think you want to take me home now. Yeah. I Again, every man in her life just has to say, well, if I touch her just right, right, yeah. it's going to fix it. And, and, it well, and ultimately, never will. all they want to do is... Is have her. sex with her. Yeah. 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 And, it, like, any pretense of caring about her feelings is just that. It's yeah. just... A means to fuck her. Yes. Yeah. Well, and also she says if he finds out, he's gonna kill you. Yeah. Right. Right. And he's like, "What? No." And then yeah, she says Bobby killed a guy. Like yeah, and, making uh, it. Yeah. yeah, like she's now trying to make this so like, oh, Bobby's gonna kill you. But what she totally means is Leland. Yes, Leland. I don't even know yes. if she does that intentionally so much as she is just kind of strung out like she's screaming at nothing in the woods and or like freaking, Leland like, is out there and she saw him for a second that's also true that or could be there's it just evil shit in the woods yeah yeah a lot of different ways you can take it yep. uh but yeah uh because like this scene is what James told Donna about in the pilot yes yeah um and then yeah uh she tells him to take her home and she gets on his bike and they get to the light at Sparkwood in 21 and she and bolts. She falls off the bike and just starts screaming at him to leave her alone, but then screams that she loves him and, like, holds him and kisses him and then runs off into the woods. Yep. And uh, James uh, decides to just go ahead and drive the final nail into her coffin and drive off instead of going after her. Yep. Yep. Could have stopped it, James. Fuck it. Whatever. Clearly not a person that should be left alone right now. Yeah, No. Um, I get, you know, he's a teenager. He could probably totally. only handle so much. Uh, totally. but, uh, this was your moment, James. Sorry, but yeah. you just yeah. fucked yep. it all up forever. Yep. God, have uh, fun uh, being uh, on your weird noir show. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was yeah, just go like, have fun fucking the lady at the mansion with the shitty husband. 
I was, I just I have it with the sound off, but it just played on my screen. The it it her going it's just me now, and it's just such the the body language on that is so incredible. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it devastating. Is. Yep, and she runs through the woods and runs right into Jacques, Leo, and Renette, who yep. go to the we, uh, fuck cabin. Yeah, we kind of know about the majority of this scene. Right, at this point, this is basically just syncing up with what we already know happened. Yeah, yeah, This it's just watching the timeline that they've already described in the show happen in real time. And I appreciate uh, that and they're I hate not it. super, like, we don't need to show you, like, be, literally everything. Like, we don't need to sit there and watch the bird peck Laura or whatever. Yeah, you know? no. We get a shot of the bird, and that's enough. Yes, you know yeah. the bird is there. Yeah. Another back from the dead character. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we see Laura and Renette putting a bunch of lipstick oh, on and then Leo making out with them. shot a bird? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, remember when Leo murdered a bird? He did snipe a bird. That was sick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, like, Laura puts a bunch of lipstick on and then makes that with Jacques so that she just has lipstick smeared all over her face. That's yeah, same that with horrifying later. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, and they're just, like, you uh, know, doing, doing drugs together. Jacques uh, ties Laura up even though she keeps screaming at him not to. Yep. Uh, and then Leland is creeping outside. Yeah, he's watching in the woods. Yep, and, and then uh, when Jacques goes outside, uh, Leland ambushes him. Right. Attacks him, breaks a bottle over his head, knocks him out. Uh, yeah. And then, Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, he's gonna murder you later. He's gonna finish this job. Yeah. 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 Oh, that is true, I didn't think about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. no, he, he sees him, and pro- this is probably part of why he kills him, because... That's true, yeah, 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 yeah. Because he knows yeah. that he raped Laura. Right. And yeah, Leo kind of stumbles out, sees Jacques unconscious, and uh, just gets his shit and runs. Uh, Laura keeps asking him to untie her, and he just yells at her to shut up. Yep. Because he's a great guy. He's just a great guy. Like, it's... Listen, it's not that I expect any better from Leo, but also, like, not even just cutting her tie real quick on his way out the door is just such a fucking shitty move. Yep. And Ronette, I think Ronette's tied up, too. So yeah, yeah. Like even if he didn't know that there's like an attacker out in the woods, like what the fuck are they supposed to do? Yep. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, Jacques he, is right there. He's he just got the shit beat out of him and bloody. So right, right. But he just leaves them tied up with whoever beat up Jacques. Yeah. Guess I'll get out of here. And uh, yeah, Leland walks in, and Laura immediately just starts freaking out and screaming, and then Leland is screaming back at her. Yeah, yeah, leading them through the woods. Yeah, uh, Mike Mike's is there. chasing them. Yeah, yeah, Mike is just running through the woods. Yeah, and he it, like I, catches up to them at the cabin, and he's like, "Oh fuck, I just missed him." There is yeah. nothing else Strobel can do on screen that does not uh, just seem filled with gravitas. He he, he reeks is, of the cinema. He's yeah. jogging through the woods, and it is the most compelling thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I was just looking at him, and I was like, he, "That guy should have been in an FMV game." Yeah. There's oh a, a bit of the missing pieces that is, like, not connected to anything. It would probably just be, like, montaged over something else. But it's him lighting candles in reverse while just yes. saying fire walk with me over and over again. It's yeah. so good. good. He's, like, shirtless and drenched in sweat. I love yeah. Ostrobel, dude. I uh, love him so much. This, when they get to the, all of this is just a hor- horrifying. Yeah. Like, yeah. one of the most horrifying things I've ever seen, in, like, on film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh... Because, like, yeah, he's just running through the woods, and, yeah, it's just lit by that light, and it's, like, and he is just the devil. Yes. 
Yeah, it doesn't even feel like they're in the woods. They're just in a void. Yes, and when they finally get to the train car, they're both just crying and screaming, and he is just smiling. He's smiling, and, like, he's, we're get, like, looking right at him, and he's sort of shining the flashlight into the camera, and, like, when the glare gets too heavy to see, when it goes away again, it's Bob. Yeah. Yeah. Really good transition. Mm-hmm. Premium stuff. Yeah. And uh, Laura is, like, asking him if he's going to kill her, and he doesn't respond. Uh, he puts, like, a mirror down under her. Um, yes. Renette starts praying, and she yeah. just says, like, like her prayer is like, Father, will you come and see me? Well, Laura's whole thing is that her father is seeing her. Yep. Yes. Uh, and yeah, he puts the mirror, and the thing that he is showing her is that she is now Bob. Yeah, and it cuts from that to the man from another place just cackling like a maniac. He loves this shit. Yeah. He is never sicko's guy harder. Nope. Uh, and, and he, yeah, yeah, this is when Leland the, yeah. shows the diary pages and says, "I always right. thought you knew it was me." Yeah, but and I didn't it, know. I didn't know you knew it was him. Yeah, Leland says, "I didn't know you knew it was me," and then Bob comes in from the other side and says, "I never knew you knew it was me." Yeah, and she. Oh God. And uh, yeah, this is the point where. You know, Bob intends to fully take over Laura. Yeah, Renette Pulaski saying "I'm not ready" is so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and she's just saying "I'm sorry, I'm sorry." Laura is not saying anything. She is just yeah, like, no, she's accepted it. Yeah, yeah she, but she is going into a trance. Yeah, but then there's a weird flash of light, and an angel appears. There's just an angel in the train car. Yeah, and all of a sudden, Renette's ties are undone. Yep, and Mike and, is outside the train car, uh, uh-huh. telling her to let him in. She opens the door just a bit, and uh, he, she gets knocked out by Leland out of the car, yeah, Leland, and like, then Leland closes and the door. Out. Yeah, he yeah. closes the door. Mike seems incapable of opening the door for one reason or another. Not yeah, really and Mike clear. goes, well, one for two, and then leaves. <laughs> but before he does, as Leland's closing the door, he throws the ring inside. Yes. yes. And so Laura puts the ring on. Yes, Laura puts the ring on, and as soon as she does, Leland starts yelling, no, don't make me do this. Yeah. Uh, so? Which, again, like, classic abuser talk. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and he murders her. Yep. What do you feel like the ring is? Uh, I don't know, sigil of protection or some shit? Mm-hmm. All the Bob stuff doesn't happen again until the stuff in Owl Cave is, like, broken. Uh-huh. And, like, even though Leland... Is doing all this evil. Right. You know, uh, it, it seems like that part of it, like, fades away until the the sigils are, the sigils are broken or whatever. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What about you, Ashley? Um, to me, like, it kind of just feels like it, the, the ring is, you know, it's deeply connected to the Black Lodge, obviously. Right. And it feels like it is a way for her to... I don't like to like almost like give herself over to it, but not in a Uh way that lets them control her. Yeah. So thing people talk about a lot is like plus one. Yeah. Well, I think the thing people talk about a lot is Cooper tells her not to take the ring, but putting the ring on seems to be what like uh, she doesn't win. She dies, but like the closest thing to a win she's going to get here. Seems like it's enabled by the ring. Yeah. Um, to me, 
it seems like the ring, like, marks you for death by the Black Lodge, right? Because the man from another place is talking to Bob at the start and says, with this ring, I oh, be yeah, wed. Oh, yeah, I be wed. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. And, like, Teresa puts the ring on and dies. And then Laura puts the ring on and dies. Where did... The do diff- we know where Teresa got the ring? It's not clear, no. Okay. Um, let me tell you about a little book called The Secret History of Twin Peaks. No, okay, hey. never mind. I don't want to know. Let me know. Let, let, let me tell you about the chain of custody of that ring from the beginning of time into today. I will drive to Texas and kill you. What if I told you that uh, fucking Lana gets the ring after this and then starts dating Donald Trump? What? <laughs> <laughs> Mentioned by name in the book, but it mentions that Lana Milford, after her husband dies of being an ancient man, uh, be- was then seen around New York with a real estate mogul whose name was on his building. Oh my god. I just want everyone to know that I was laughing in the most Twin Peaks way, just <laughs> eyes wide, like looking into the distance. Right. But so, yeah, to me, the ring, like. Mark you for death, and that's why Cooper's like, don't touch it, please. But why it works out here is because the alternative is Bob takes over takes Laura. Over, and right. it's and she doesn't if want If she's that. wearing the ring, he has to kill her, yes. and that's not what he actually wants to do. Yes. It, it, and it's, it's again, it it's, is, it sucks that that's how she quote-unquote wins, but like... It is that, the only yeah. control that she has of this situation, where right. she has tried everything. Right, like, they talk multiple times in the show, like, Laura didn't commit suicide, but she maybe let herself be killed, and yet, she decided to die rather than to live under her dad's control this whole yeah, her, and, you yeah. know, the like, rest of her life. Th- when that happened in the show, there's like that like, kind of uncomfortable feeling, I think we even talked about it, of like, yeah, but like, is this... <laughs> yeah. Like, is this like saying that like her suicide was noble? Right. Uh, but no, like, the way it frames it in this is so... is It's... It makes it make sense to me. I, it still makes me a little uncomfortable, but, like, fundamentally, y- this movie starts with the premise of this is the story of her getting murdered, you know? Yeah, but, it, I mean, that's it gonna happen. end a different way. Um, and, yeah, like, it ends up being that the fact that she gets murdered is, like, the one act of defiance she's able to, like, muster. Yeah. Uh, I really like when he is, when Leland's wrapping her in the plastic... It yeah. goes from him to Bob to him, like, yeah. just in the plastic. It's extremely good. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's really good. It's the same, like, feeling of, like, yeah, the, the glint of the flashlight keeps, like, changing them back and forth. It's, it's uh, really great. Yeah, he looks at Renat Plasky and is, like, not worth it. <laughs> yeah, and also, I think he maybe just thinks she's dead because we, she's she kind of looks dead. The mouth. She looks dead. Uh, yeah. Honestly, if I didn't know that she survived, I might think she died. <laughs> it, she looks dead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she, she, he, she, she, she's pulling a Leo here. Right, uh-huh. Uh, and he goes to Glastonbury Grove. Hey, it's that place again. Hey. Yeah, uh, and yeah, he's also covered in blood. Right, and he, like, puts Laura in the water and just sends her down the river, and he walks through the curtains in the grove into the red room. And, and we then get, he like, does a some tricks. Of, yeah, we get a yeah. shot of... <laughs> He starts stunting. <laughs> he does the smooth criminal lean. <laughs> yeah, we, we also see a little bit of him all peaked, all, uh, you know, gothed out. All gothed goth out. Yeah, yeah, the same way Laura was earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he's just, like, screaming in agony. And, like, I like that 
the like the movie both establishes more than once Leland is tormenting himself by acting this way, but that it doesn't exonerate him by doing that. No, you know what not I mean? At all. Yeah. And like, also, yeah. He is you know, there's the bobness of he is, you know, he has lost his next vessel, but for Leland he has lost his victim. Yes. And there's a specific, you know, he was keep he was keeping Laura around specifically because, you know, it is a continuing Right. Well, and I, I, like you were saying, Ashley, that a lot of abusers feel like they honestly love their victims. Yes. I feel like Leland is horrified by the fact that he just murdered his own daughter, but he wasn't horrified enough to not do it, was he? Yeah, to not do it, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, the Arm and Filter are uh, both say that they want their pain and sorrow, their Garmin Yeah, they want their Garmin Bosia, uh, which translates to pain and sorrow we hear here. Um, and Bob sort of sucks the blood that got all splashed over Leland's body out of him and, like, slaps it on the floor. And it crossfades from that into the man from another place, uh, just slurping cream corn. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? This movie, I feel like, complicates what Mike is and what he wants. Because in the TV show, he says pretty straightforwardly, like, I used to be a murderer like Bob. But then I cut off my arm because it had the devil's mark on it. Yeah. And now I'm, like, hunting Bob. I'm a good guy. But now here in this scene, he is taking the pain and suffering that Bob has harvested for himself. And he's working alongside the arm that he was so, like, sincere about cutting off before. I I think, you know, Mike still must feed. Yeah, I don't know. I, I almost feel like this movie at least puts the idea in there that maybe Mike is kind of a liar. I Yeah, I no, totally. surprised if Mike is a liar, but also, you know, he does a lot to... Right. Um, but also, I would not just be surprised if, like, at the end of the day, he, he is a demon. Right, totally. And, and also, know, he, I mean, like, he's the one who pulls up and is like, it's your father. Like, don't you understand? True, but also the main thing he's yelling about is he's yelling at Bob for stealing his corn, which you know, we know is, is pain and sorrow. Yeah. Right, but the, yeah, I guess, what does that mean? What was Mike doing then? Well, right, I mean, Mike says straight up in the show that, like, him and Bob were partners before, and they worked together. It's just like... Yeah, yeah, but in if, the situation, yeah. like, I guess, because Laura says she's seen him before, so was he also doing I, something? I don't think it's quite that. Maybe, I don't know. Um, I feel like it's not not that. Maybe not, but I also feel like, you know, if the man from another place is Mike's arm, are they actually separate entities, or is that the same being talking through two different bodies? In which case, the man from another place does not seem... He's into this shit. Yeah, he's he's a sicko. He's sicko guy. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is more that Mike has disconnected himself. Right. Uh... But he cannot full. He is still. That is still his arm. Right. Yeah. He fully. He cannot fully get away from it. So maybe he's yeah. trying to get away from it. That's why he drugs himself all the time, so he can right. try and just be a regular human. But you know, he gets drawn back now and then by his right. arm that is stuck there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's. I. I like that it complicates what and who Mike is and doesn't give you a good straightforward answer. Yeah. It's good. Um. We and also, uh, uh, you killed Mike, so maybe, <laughs> oh, true. maybe Mike sells cocaine. <laughs> maybe Mike just sells cocaine. Yeah. Uh, 
we cut to the shot I was talking about of the monkey saying Judy, and then we cut to the shot from the pilot of Laura's body being found on the beach. And then we go back to the red room, and uh, Laura is here. She is, like, all made up. She's in, a like, the dress that she's she in when she's in Cooper's so Dreams. so much older. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're not trying but to make her look helps. like a teenager here. Yeah. yeah. And uh, she is just kind of, like, in a daze. And Cooper is here and kind of puts a comforting hand on her shoulder. And she looks off screen at something that lights up her face blue. And it's just kind of a blue flickering light. And at first she seems kind of confused by it. But then she kind of like starts to cry and smile and laugh. And in her cut with that, we see her guardian angel. Yep. But we also do see the angel's not what she's looking at. What what do you think Laura's looking at? Season three. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. Um a a common interpretation is that it does look like she her face is being illuminated by a TV screen. Yeah, sure. I don't know why yeah. I would flicker like that, but sure. I mean if you've ever sat in the dark with an old like cathode ray tube TV, that's kind of what it looks um, like. It's not quite that li- it, like the light isn't that loud though, you know? Yeah. It's pretty consistent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, That's... no, I, I, it's kind of the usual thing I do with me with, it's like, well, if I'm going to find out, I'm going to find out. I don't really feel like the need yeah. to. Yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not sitting on this part, like, thinking really hard about it. it no, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the shot we close on, which is the only thing that I think, you know, but Yeah. yeah. It is, I also, I like that it's kind of hard to read her actual emotion, because, like, is she crying tears of happiness, or is that, like, a sardonic laugh? Yeah. I, I like, think it's more the former, if I yeah. had to choose. Yeah. It, it seems like it gets to a place of, like, genuine joy by the end of it. You're right. Yeah. Um. um yeah, that's... That's Firewalk with me. That's fire walk with me. I we did get questions, but I'm sorry. I think we're just gonna no. have to. Yeah, yeah. No. How much? To what time are we at? We're at three twenty-six. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> have we broken the Catwoman time? I think we have. I don't <laughs> think so. I think Catwoman was what? a full three and a half. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> okay, we have to do the questions then. Fuck. <laughs> we can we can do the. I mean, I'm already up too late as it is. Whatever. I'm sorry, Molly. It's fine. Uh, when the fuck did we do Catwoman? That uh, was like 2018, 2019, somewhere in there. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just looking to see if I can find it. Maybe 2017. There's it was our hundredth episode. Oh, that was 100. Yeah. Or it, it might have been 101. It might have been celebrating 100 episodes. Oh, no, you're right. No, that was only three hours and two minutes. Yeah, we're way past that. Okay, okay then fuck the questions. We can still do the fucking questions. We asked for them. That's true. That's true. Uh, I mean, like, a lot of these we kind of already answered. People are talking about, like, how, you know, our understanding of the lore has changed. Like, uh, Notre Bridge, you asked, you know, based that exact question with after watching the missing pieces and Fire Walk with me and, like... Yeah, like, you know, we saw, like, the, you know, the convenient, the apartment above the convenience store, I guess, but, like... Right. I'm not the person who cares about, like, the inner workings of the Black Lodge. I just right, don't think right. that Twin Peaks has capital L lore. 
I, I yeah, know that really. it does, but I yeah, but no, it, it doesn't. doesn't. Yeah. But no, it doesn't. I, I will say one thing that uh, you know, a theory that you can kind of pick up from the show that gets a lot stronger from Firewalk with me when like interpreting some of the the magic shit or whatever. Uh. The, like, especially the missing pieces monologue from the man from another place. He's talking about, like, their images being reflected in chrome and they go up and down and appear from pure air. Uh, it's almost like he is talking about, like, television pictures and, like, signal reception and shit. And if you look at the Red Room and interpret, like, the zigzags as radio waves or, or TV something. static, yeah. and then the red curtains as, like, theater curtains. Yeah. There's sort of, and you know, Twin Peaks already has kind of meta elements with Invitation to Love or whatever. Uh, the idea that the Lodge spirits are almost like, it's not it's not like fucking Deadpool, right? It's not like, yeah. oh, they know they're in a TV show and that's why they're so wacky. Well, it, but it, like, a lot of, yeah. it's the thing that will always happen is that people, you know, people usually will write stuff about themselves, even if like the, if it is, you know, thread right. through so many needles. Yeah. Like and, I said, oh, go ahead, go ahead. And, you know, David Lynch is a filmmaker, and he's eventually going to make things, you know, about what he thinks about a lot, which is film. Yeah, like, I don't think it's, again, not like a Deadpool thing, but more just like, it's almost like the spirits are a part where almost like the signal doesn't come through the way it should be, and it's like a broken thing. It's almost like if you, it would almost be like if you could walk off of the double R stage and like walk around the soundstage area, that's kind of like, I feel like how I feel like the spirits act. Um, like... I said a while ago that I had an interpretation of the line about gum. That gum you like is coming back in style. Sounds like the man from another place is reading ad copy about gum. Yeah. Like, he's he's picked up, like, the wrong signal and he's reading off commercial uh, ad copy instead sure. of the script. All right, yeah. Yeah, it's not, it's not much one way or the other, but yeah, you know. Uh, Smoothie Tootie asked us which scene is the, uh, in there was the most dust cinema. We talked about, you know, the scariest scene and our favorite scenes, yeah. but what's the... I mean, like, the Bowie scene is the most de-cinema. Yeah. <laughs> the most cinema that's ever been in a scene. Yeah. That is just, like, so it's, it's dense with cinema. cinema that it's about to explode. It's, yeah, like, <laughs> it is like, oh, no, this may be too strong cinema. Yeah, uh-huh. That's why the extended version is worse. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, it, too much it, cinema. It filters out the cinema into two separate buckets. Yeah, you don't want that. Uh, and then uh, from October Violence, are there any deleted scenes you could think that actually truly would have made the film better? I think the Hayward one's the, the Hayward one. one. Yeah, that's yeah. It. yeah. I, that's I think it. they were asking more in a like larger thing, but I can't think of any other movie at the moment. Oh, yeah, no, we're, sure. don't. I, yeah, I don't have no. time for this. I, yeah, yeah I, I can only think about a single movie. right Sorry, now. October. Yes. We are talking about Fire Walk with me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, <laughs> that's uh, basically all the, you know other stuff that we said. You know, during the course of these three and a half hours. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, that's <sighs> it for questions. Yeah, I'm not sure if there's much else we could say about Firewalk with me at this point. <laughs> I think we basically got our thoughts out there. Uh, I was happy to watch it again just now. Yeah. yeah it, Great fucking it is, movie. It's bizarre it is, yeah. that it is so watchable when it is so upsetting. I, I have been just, like, since it stopped, I've been like, damn, I could watch that again. Yeah, it, yeah, it is one of yeah. It is totally a movie that is deeply upsetting and also like very watchable. I, if you count watching it silently just now while we recorded, I have basically watched this movie seven times. I could go yeah. for an eight. 
It's I'm not just tired kinda... of watching this movie. Yeah. Oh, but we got to move on to other things. Yeah. <laughs> like an episode of Psych from 2010. That's right. <laughs> uh, so we have like some scheduling issues next week. Yes, that's what. And then, uh, so are we, what are, what's the plan, Ashley? I think we're going to do Psych. Yeah, we're okay, doing Psych like, next what, week. When are we recording? <laughs> I'm unclear based on what you were oh, saying. I, I can still record Wednesday. I just will be later than usual. Oh, you're coming home later? Yeah. Oh, okay. Right, so we don't necessarily want to watch another film. <laughs> also, we could probably just use a break from three-plus-hour episodes. Yeah if, yeah, if both of you were like, hey, let's skip next week, I'd be fine with that. Sure. I, you know, we, we can fit the psych episode, and I don't know where else we would do it. I, hey, I don't know how much there's going to be to say about psych. <laughs> That's fine. It's going to be fun. Oh, no, I'm going to have fun. I'm just saying there's not exactly it, a lot of meat it, to dig yeah. into on no, that one. It's going to be, be nice really to- fun. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be nice to see Ray Wise acting fun. <laughs> I've seen the Twin Peaks episode of Psych, but not uh, since I've seen Twin Peaks, so it'll be nice to actually get the references. Yeah, that's that's basically where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, saw listen, we need, a, we need August, a palate cleanser. August was watching that episode and posted a picture of Bobby working at a diner. I was like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I think it'll also be fun to see, like, oh, right, this is, like... How people remember Twin Peaks. Yeah, it's, this is the enduring memory. It'll be fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, that's what we're doing next week, and then Mulholland Drive, and then to the return, I believe. Is that what uh, we're saying, or are we doing the other thing first? I am fine with either. We'll decide it. <laughs> we'll decide okay, it. We'll figure, we'll figure it out figure later. Out. We can end we this fucking podcast. I'm not doing Let's any get... plugs. Ashley, get no. us out of here. Until next time. Damn fine podcast. Keep fire walking. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs>